You got a key sticker. Boom, we're live. Bathroom break. As always, I am your host, special guest on the hot seat with me. The boy Seabass finally makes it on the show. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Fuck. I'm glad to be part of this. Thank you for bringing me on. I know we talked about doing this for a little minute, and fucking, we're here, bro. Cheers, bro. Cheers, Cheers to motherfucking that. Welcome bro. back home, man. Yeah, How does man. it feel? How does it feel? Um, It's going to be fucked up to say, but like... As much as I get nostalgic and like I miss Miami, I also like there are moments where I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is why I left. This is why you know, left. like this is why it took me almost thirty minutes to get here because of like. <laughs> to Miami. be fair, I don't have Sun Pass anymore, so okay. I had to take the inside yeah, streets. No, yeah, yeah. Dude, that Sun Pass is a motherfucker, bro. Yeah, they were. It's like you can't get around town without fucking no, Sun Pass now. I mean, even when I left, it was like that, but still, like. No, no, now weird. I have to take the inside streets and stuff. Yeah. And like, bro, the gridlock, the fucking traffic. That's what makes me go like, all right, I don't miss this place so much. But I definitely miss Miami, bro. It's always nice to fucking come back home. But to visit, right? For a little bit. Yeah, little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. For a little bit, for a little bit. But yeah. um, nah, it's dope, bro. It's a good time. Um, shameless plug. I got a show I'm doing tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to be like doing comedy in... Miami's always extra special. Yeah. Even sure. if it's just a fucking open mic, like I don't care. I'm I'm no fucking big time comedian. You know what I mean? Like who the fuck am I? Hmm. But doing a fucking open mic here or doing a show in Miami in front of like my crowd after doing so many shows in front of like the Austin crowd, I feel like it's like home court advantage type shit. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for so, sure. So shit like that definitely makes me like miss Miami and miss all of that. But then I sit there and then I think a little extra long where I'm like, oh, I was paying this much. You know, I think they they were gonna raise the rent from the apartment I was in from twelve hundred to eight hundred, uh, eight from twelve hundred to eighteen hundred when we bounced, and I was like, oh okay, yeah, that I remember that, I remember that price, yeah, yeah. I remember what I was getting for it. It was an old ass apartment, the fucking parking structure was booty, and I was like, all right, cool. And then I mellowed myself down. Yeah, I don't everything let my you're heart, saying right now, all <laughs> I don't let my heart yeah, take the emotion. Everything you're saying right now, the, the listeners are like, yeah, that's my life. Yeah, right bro. I saw you had George on, and George was talking about like yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what he was talking about, like what I what he got and what he gets and I shit, know, as bro. opposed to here. And it's like, yeah, bro. Like yeah. I, I shit on my mom real quick. She uh she came to <laughs> Miami for my birthday. Shout out my mom for my 30th birthday. And you know, she's she come up on some money, so she's looking at getting a condo out here. And she just found out about like Zillow. So mm. she's like, you know, when she's not on Facebook, she's on Zillow putting yeah. in just I've been numbers. doing this sometimes. Yeah, not me just too. for fun. Just it's wishful thinking, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah. I, heard, I heard you say that you and you and your girl do that like for fun. Yeah, you're like, what is this? This is fucking depressing. I shit on her, man. She came in, she was like, look, look at this 300,000, 300, I think it was like 300,000 condo somewhere in Kendall. She's like, it's two, two, one. It's got like 850 square feet. And like, oh, I put a God. zip code that's like 30 minutes out of Austin. It's this little town. I'm not even gonna say it. I don't want to blow up the spot. No, yeah, yeah. I'm real. not gonna Joe Rogan this shit for nobody. <laughs> uh, and bro, I put the zip code, and we found a four three with a backyard, giant backyard, two floor house for like thirty three hundred and thirty thousand. Sounds about right. And I was God, like, Mom, look what you're getting with your three hundred thousand here, and look what you're getting for thirty thousand yeah. dollars extra, bro. So right now, for the listeners that don't know you, you're an aspiring comedian, right? I'm an aspiring, aspiring comedian, comedian, bro. Been aspiring for a motherfucking <laughs> long time. So, 
you started off here though in Miami. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you moved. Now you live in Austin. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners that don't know, right now Austin is basically like the hotbed. Yeah, bro. Joe Rogan did because... a fucking magnificent job with the comedy mothership. Yeah, and it's so crazy just the impact that he has. That he literally he didn't even. I don't think he plotted or planned for to. He was like, guys, like I'm leaving LA because it's too crazy. Yeah, moves to Austin, and then out of nowhere everyone starts following it and what i mean everyone's like all the comedians and all that stuff and as far as i know austin's always been like a party city yeah so like if it seemed like the right place to do it and now you have stuff like kill tony and you have like all these people just coming in i know shane gillis lives there now yeah shane gillis moved there uh thompson girl moved out yeah. there tony Hinchcliffe. um Hans Kim is out there now. I don't know if he lived there previously. I don't think so. Because I remember I ran into Hans Kim years ago at New York. And I think that's where he was living at back then. Uh, Ron White. But I know Ron White already lived in Texas prior to that. Um, And then, God, the list of fucking comedians go on. You know, like, I'll throw myself in the mix. Like, that's not the only reason I moved to Austin. But it was absolutely, like, a big reason as to why. Bro, people that haven't gone... Austin is the shit, bro. Yeah, Austin's great. I, I've i only been there once, and I fell in love with it. It yeah. is such a fucking vibe. Because you have, like, the big city feel to it, but it's not that packed. Yeah, no, nah, 100%. Like, like, people talk about traffic out there, and it's funny. Excuse me, because I started uh, bartending out there with Nordstrom. That was a company I have been with mm. for a number of years. I transferred from Merrick Park and Cole Gables to... And it's the exact, so Nordstrom has like 10 different styles of restaurants. It just so happened that the same exact style of restaurant needed a bartender when I was moving. So I just transferred from one spot. Two weeks later, I was bartending at the other spot. And, you know, bartending, you like get to know people and shit like that and the regulars. And then everyone's like, oh, but the traffic in Austin. I live like, I work like 25 minutes out of Austin, Mm -hmm. a little more north of Austin. So when people would say like, oh, the traffic, I'm like. Y'all don't know what the fuck traffic is. Yeah, exactly. I was like, y'all got traffic for seven minutes on I-35. And if you get all the way to the left, you can cut it down to four minutes. You know what I mean? Like, that's not traffic. I go, it took me, when I used to live, I lived on 8th Street and 12th Northwest. Or Mm. 8th Street and um, 82nd Northwest, sorry. I lived there and I would work at Merrick Park. On a Sunday, when nobody was out, it'd take me, no lie, probably 17 minutes. And that's me parking the car, walking into the restaurant. Yeah. To leave on a Monday weekday at 4.30. If I didn't get out before 4.30, bro, I was Chaos. in traffic for about yeah. 45 minutes. Dog, three times as long to get to my house than what it got, what it took me to get there. No, yeah, same same here. For me, I work in Doral. Mm-hmm. So getting oh, there. God. Getting, yeah, exactly. Jesus getting Christ. There, getting there 15 minutes, no problem. And yeah. that's me, like, like uh, feeling like old lady driving that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the way back, bro, it's fucking Mad Max. Like, I need to fucking oh, be so cutting I people. I hate having and to get aggressive, bro. I hate it, bro. And, like, I've, I've always said this. We become different people, especially here in Miami. We, we The shit that comes out of our mouth. Yeah. <laughs> when you're driving in Miami is pure anarchy. It's not that we become different people. Is that we tap into a side of us we normally don't. Like, we're not going to get that angry and at a regular conversation yeah, or something. That is true. So we just tap into that real, I'll, for myself, I'm not trying to put nobody else yeah. here, you know, and I always say a little bit of racism is healthy. So I get into my real, 
right? my real healthy racist side when yeah. I go ahead and I start like cursing at people and yes. shit and getting mad. Bro, Shane Gillis had the best joke when it came to racism. I don't know if you ever heard it. It's like, oh, being racist is like being hungry. You're not hungry now, but you might be later. God you, damn, that's hilarious. Yeah, a cheeseburger might, might cut you over. They, a cheeseburger might take your parking spot and then you're hungry the rest of the day, bro. That's so funny. I'm, I've never heard that. And it's it kind of shits on one of the... So I was working on a bit. I'm never taking it on stage, but it's about being hangry. Uh-huh. And when you're hangry, it's kind of like the Snickers commercial. You're not yourself when you're hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you're hangry, it's okay to be racist, right? Like that's when it's okay yeah. because there's another motive behind it. You're not just racist. Yeah, it's yeah. that you're hangry. You're hangry. But they, now they should, we should hit up Snickers. I feel like they should make a commercial off that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, it sounds like a this good idea. Mother, uh, here, bro, here's a Snickers. Yeah, here's the Snickers, man. You get real racist when you're hungry, dude. Yeah. All right, so let's start from the very, very, very beginning. Let's do it. Start I feel like when you hear comedians. most comedians talk about, just I'm pretty sure, just like me, <laughs> you love comedy, obviously, for sure. To me, it's one of the most beautiful art styles there is, because all it really is is. Someone going up there and literally bringing joy to people mm-hmm. by just talking. Yeah. They're not singing a song. They're not painting a picture. They're not. They're just telling stories. Yeah. That's basically That's it. what it. So with you, when did you realize that you had like this love for this art style? Um, when I was like, I guess the the long answer is like when I was a kid, I remember listening to like George Lopez, Bill Cosby, um, who else did we have? Uh, like we were listening to a lot of like the Latin kings of comedy, which was like Paul Rodriguez, uh, Joy yeah. Medina, Alex Ramundo, uh, George Lopez, all these sorts of characters, and then like you know Chris Rock. Growing up listening to Chris Rock and shit, and I would listen to this with my dad. Okay. So I felt like from a real young age, I'm talking about like probably six seven i was listening to comedy indirectly not because of myself but just my dad playing it in in the background of the house Mm -hmm. and shit right um as i grow up people always tell me like oh you should do stand-up right like you should do stand-up i don't know if they were serious about it or whatnot but i took it eventually it got to a point that when i was in uh i never forget i went to miami media school um which was a technical school that was based out of mary brickle village Okay. I think they moved locations now to Doral. But anyways, I went to school there with this um shout out Miss Parker. I uh, love her to death. Her name is TK Owens. She is a speaker. She has her book out. Um but at that moment, you know, she was we were both kind of I'm 19 and I'm not going to say her age. She was a seasoned woman, but she's like Miss Parker from Friday. That's what I nice. always call her. I always call her Miss Parker. Yo, shut, what are, what are happened to that lady? She's Probably out there still being Miss Parker. Have you ever seen, like, that lady was so fine that there was no grass? Have I you know. Seen? I never realized until the meme came yeah, out. And I was, I was like, I was today, when it said, like, I was today years old when I realized there ain't no grass there. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is she watering? That's exactly my point. <laughs> and, and when when uh, TK, we were at the Miami Media School, we was talking. Um, we're still in contact to this day. Um, she told me like, man, you should do comedy. And when, when a person like that tells you, you should do it comedy. It sparks something, right? Yeah. You listen, you mm-hmm. know, and she worked with, she used to be a Miami heat dancer and she worked with, um, Alonzo Mourning a lot, nice. um, after she finished being a heat dancer and stuff. So, you know, 
very wise woman and and i don't know the, when she said it it kind of stuck out to me and then i was like man you know i kind of put it in the back of my my, my head in, in the vault and we end up going on a cruise shortly thereafter me and my buddy gabe we go on this big cruise and we went to see the comedian on the cruise and we get he fit two guys were hilarious i don't remember their names but they were hilarious and mm -hmm. they were out like once you're leaving they were there like selling their merch and i was like hey man i want to be a comedian i think i'm funny how do i do this and the guy was like look bro where do you live i was like miami he's like just google open mic miami yeah and sign up and I got off that cruise and I mean, I waited um, a little, I know, cause I think that, no, I waited like about a month and then I went online. I found this spa shout out was no longer around. His name is a place called artistic vibes. So I followed the guy's uh, advice. I went online. I found artistic vibes on Google. I called them and I was like, I, I have no idea how a sign up works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like typically how it works is you show up to the place. There's a list you sign up. And hopefully you get on right mm -hmm. here was a little different. You had to, you had to uh, email ahead of time to see if you got selected for the list. So it was a non-traditional way, but I got to know the owner of the place or whatever. And I end up performing that artistic vibe, which I still got the video, but it's on private on Instagram. I mean, on YouTube, because ain't nobody going to watch that shit. Your first time going. Oh, up. bro. So bad. Five minutes of death. The like only complimented thing I'll say to myself. Like, I'm not even a vet comedian. I've only been doing it for six years. Mm. The only thing I, I can say I'm proud of me is that I didn't bail. I didn't bail on my time. I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. not get five minutes. I did my full time. Was it good? Absolutely not. It was fucking ass. <laughs> I remember my boy telling me as soon as we got off, my boy Gabe, who I went on the cruise with, he told me like, I told you to run that shit by me, bro. Like, what the fuck you doing? And... Rightfully so, bro. It was I've never finished watching the full five minutes. Damn. So your your first time was five minutes. Yeah, yeah, full five. So a close friend of mine, he uh, also wants to try stand up, and he find he did the same thing like you were saying. He found an open mic. He got in contact with the owner, and he was gonna do it. So he lets us know like, oh, I'm gonna do a set. It's gonna be five minutes. And the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, dude, five minutes is a lot. It's a long time. And he's it's like, what are you talking time, about? Bro. It's only five minutes. And I'm like, dude, like five minutes sound. That's like five minutes of you trying to make people laugh. Bro, five minutes of fucking. That's yeah. easy. That's, <laughs> right? And even then, it's <laughs> a little hard sometimes. You got a little cramp. You're like, Jesus Christ, bro. Right, right. You just you trying to drink more water. Come on, man. It's too early right now. It's too... That And that those five minutes can go by a little faster. You can watch a YouTube video. It's five minutes long. That's yeah, no yeah. You can stand in traffic for five minutes. That's no problem. But when you the only motherfucker everybody in this room it's a whole room of strangers you ain't never met in your life you don't know their name they don't know you and the first thing as soon as they say your name see bass matar make me laugh that's their yeah, first thing know. make me laugh and they're judging you immediately exactly yeah as soon as you go up what's he wearing why is he wearing that is he white is he black is he hispanic what is he like sometimes in austin i could feel that people are more caught up in what the fuck am i than what i'm saying right they're like all right like if i grow my beard out long enough bro i look jewish right but then you hear me talk <laughs> like, like you throw them off you're like you're not white what are you yeah. right like you fucking throw then them i off, say dude. something in spanish and they're like what the fuck yeah, is, what is it? 
You know what I mean? So like, bro, like the first me. 30 seconds, they're trying to figure out what the fuck is this thing on stage? Is he going to come and be like, oh, boy, bro, what are we going to talk about? People think I'm oh. from New York. Yeah, people yeah, think for I'm, sure. oh, People hear me, people see me, and I'm super quiet, bro. I'm like to myself when I'm at a show. Uh-huh. I'm in the corner. I don't like I don't mingle well with other comedians that I don't know personally. Okay. Um, so I'm like very seclusive. And then as soon as they call my name, it's like a whole personality shows up. Okay. And I'm loud and according to my wife, occasionally obnoxious and shit like that. (laughs) Yeah, she still says that. (laughs) Oh, for sure. One thousand percent, bro. Um so it's it's you know, it sounds easy on paper to be like, I'm gonna do five minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's a whole different thing when you're up there. Mic in hand, you can hear yourself and you can hear the silence. Yeah, dude, that that's what fucking that's the motherfucker. Yeah. Because when you hear the silence, at least for me, you you kind of like panic. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, whoa, nobody's laughing. I gotta go faster. I gotta get to the next joke. Uh, do they find me for? And then your brain like kind of like stops for a moment. It glitches and you're trying to figure all this shit out. So. Um, I mean, kudos for him doing it, no doubt. I think that's always a big feat. Like, I never I never take anybody's criticism that serious if they've never touched the stage. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, we all armchair quarterbacks, right? Like, that's everybody. I like you know that. what I mean? And I'm one of those. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I'll sit there and be like, why didn't he catch the ball? There was a 300-fucking-pound <laughs> grown man right? chasing him. That's why he didn't catch the goddamn ball. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? So, um. It's it's tough, bro. It's tough. But I fucking I ate, yeah ate a bag. Did you go to your boys? You went no, to he didn't want to tell us. He's like nobody that I know is going. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. Yeah, I thought you were gonna also, say like he invited. Like I no, fucked around and I invited, invited like six yeah. friends. Trust me, we were trying to get any information out of him. Like, yo, where is it at? What day? Oh no, thank I, I wanted God. to yeah, I oh, wanted to find God. out the day at least just to like Google like Miami open mics. But no, he's like nah. I ain't telling you guys. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah, smart move. Smart so move. yeah, because I've I've heard that before that I guess people assume like oh let me have backup there so they can laugh. Right, right, but right. I feel like, like it makes it, make me yeah. feel good. Nah, bro, that is it's worse. My friends they giggled. Don't get me wrong, they giggled, but it was almost out of like a. Please don't say pity. Like it's yeah, it's <laughs> almost like to avoid the awkwardness amongst everybody else. And like, don't get me wrong, typically open mics are ass. I mean, booty. Nine times out of ten, you're going to be at a dive bar. There's going to be people there that have no idea there's an open mic going on. That actually happened to me. Have you ever been to Taurus by any chance? I'm going to Taurus on the 4th. I oh, got a show. I got a show, show on the 4th. Yeah, I I'm, didn't I'm know they did comedy there. I'm not doing the open mic, motherfuckers. Yeah. You motherfuckers, I'm not doing the open <laughs> mic. I'm going to the showcase, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I guess it was an open mm-hmm. mic, and it was one of those that like anybody can just come up. Oh yeah! So I remember going there as a on a date. Oh. I went on a date because I heard a person like the food there is amazing. I, I'm yeah, because like, Ariete is next door. Yeah, and I heard the food is amazing. They got a Michelin yeah. star now. So. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah, yeah, damn, yeah. Damn, that's what's up. But yeah, the food was fire. And imagine like it's already awkward. The first date like scenario is already awkward, and then you have some guy just dropping bombs. Yeah, just dying like the slowest death. Yep. So luckily that came in because we were just like shitting on this poor guy's dream. Shout out to that guy wherever he hey, is now. Bro. But, but yeah, like like you said, there's certain places that people don't even know. Like, they, and I yeah. feel that's even worse because what if someone's just there trying to have a drink? 
Bro, and there's guys, people sometimes just trying to watch the fucking football game. Yeah, and then some guys are like, hey, what's up with Hamas, bro? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, bro. Like and, like, some people will just drop oh. N-bombs and fucking F-bombs and everything without any context. Yeah. Like, they just say it to get a reaction, and it's like, okay, but what's funny about it? What are you trying yeah, to say? You know what I mean? Like, people just want to be edgy, and it's like, no, bro. That's not the fucking approach. Like, there are certain people that can do it, mm -hmm. but that's their style, and that's how they can do yeah. it. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. I was gonna save this for later on, but I guess because the topic came up, Matt Rife. Mm. Are you a fan of him, bro? I'm not gonna lie. I've never seen anything that's outside of uh, Instagram posts that I've seen, like his clips, right? Yeah. And it's not because I, I don't like the guy or anything like that. Like, I don't think I'm not like, Oh, that guy's not funny. Like, no, not at all. He obviously is funny. He's obviously selling tickets. He's doing something right. Yeah. Just not my cup of tea. You know, I get you. No, no. It's like, but that. again, I also haven't given him an honest try. Yeah. Like I haven't sat there and been like, let me watch 10 minutes yeah. of his stand up. That's the beauty of comedy. There's so much variety. Yeah. So much different styles. Because you have, like you said, Latin comics, black comics, just all over the place, woke comics, just people yeah. that are edgy, dark, dark humor, just all over the place. So I don't know if you saw, but he's like under fire right now. I heard about that. Because do you not know what happened? I don't know what happened. Okay, so. I feel like he got too famous and somebody was like, I got a problem with him okay, and I want money. That, I always feel like that. that's always like a factor to it. But when it came to his situation, his demographic is basically like, Hot older women and then like young girls. Yeah, that's his demographic. Does who you see like in all those clips? Like he mostly does like crowd work. I've been yeah. noticing, and it's you always see into the crowd. It's all women, and I'm guessing like that he didn't like that, so he was trying to be edgy. Like he had a a Netflix special mm -hmm. recently, and like on the first joke, he's like shitting on women. Like, he said a joke. Well, mind you, like, this is a joke that he said. Like, I'm just paraphrasing that him and one of his buddies went into a restaurant and the waitress had a black eye. Yeah, he had a black eye. And then they were, like, they were talking amongst one another and they are like, damn, that's kind of messed up of the restaurant to have her, like, as, like, the face of the company. Um, They should have her, like, working in the back. And then Matt Rife was like, yeah, but if... <laughs> Fuck, what was it? It's like, yeah, but if she was working in the back, like, she wouldn't have a black eye or something like that. Like, if she knew, like, how to cook, basically. Oh. If she knew how, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. You know what? And obviously, his crowd is all women. They did not like that shit at all. I mean, I think, uh, right, like, I think if I'm a PR standpoint, bad move. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah, you going to yeah. shit on your audience? And, yeah. and these are the people who pay your bills. As a comedian, if you don't like where shit's going for you and you want to speak your mind and you want to push the envelope and you want to create another audience, that's exactly what you do. You know what I mean? Like, and that's when you find out who's really with you and who's really not. Yeah. You know? that was, that's basically what they're saying. Like, they're like, oh, he's trying to be one of the boys, basically. Because like, I, I feel like up, up rising right now is like Shane Gillis. I feel like he's like going to the top and like oh, his... Yeah. His fucking humor is like fucking out there type shit. Yeah, like his again, his style, his style. Like you know it what works. I mean? He certain, can say it. Yeah, but he can't go and do like Matt Rife jokes, where he was right. like, because Matt Rife's like a good looking guy, like which I feel like. No offense, I think you're pretty cute, but like <laughs> most comedians, 
are I fucking. That. I appreciate <laughs> but that. But I know you know where I'm going, right? Most yeah, comedians bro. are fucking ugly. No, no, one thousand percent. We had to build like they had to build a personality by telling jokes, bro. That story of my fucking life, bro. I got <laughs> right. bullied by my fucking wife freshman oh year of fucking high school. <laughs> Yeah, I'm out here telling stories about how I love Drake and shit on stage. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so like Shane can't go and like do like jokes that Matt Rife does, and I guess he found out the hard way that he can't do Shane Gillis jokes. I mean, I think that I think to a certain extent that's true. I also go like, bro, it's like I oh, and I love sports, so I'm gonna use an analogy like, excuse me, baseball. Okay. Baseball, if you hit the ball three times in 10 attempts, that's amazing. Derek Jeter ended his career, I think it was like with like a 312 batting average. And that's one of the best batting averages in baseball history. You know what I mean? I don't want to speak out of line here, but I think the best batting average was like 400. And that was like Lou Gehrig. I might be wrong. But even then, you're saying somebody's hitting the ball four out of ten times. No, yeah, I feel you. You know what I'm mean? Ichiro Suzuki, one of the greatest baseball players ever, 300-plus batting average in his career. So it kind of like – I feel like in comedy, it's like that. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of your shit's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But you just got to keep going. You got to keep yeah. – Got to keep putting that shit out there and developing in and whatnot. And like, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe he's not going to be able to get away with jokes like that. It's not his style. But – now he knows where the limit is, right? Exactly, he knows yeah. where not to go, and now he can tone it down. And so, he can reel it back into something that's, like, kind of in the middle. You know exactly. what I mean? So one of the main reasons, obviously, I wanted to do this episode because I love comedy. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel that especially in the social climate that we're in right now, let me ask. I've asked multiple people before, so some of my listeners are like, bro, this question again. But I feel like it's such an important question. What was the last funny movie you saw? Mm, I remember you brought this up with Gershon and yeah. Boo Boo. What was the last funny movie in like the last five years? And I'm not talking about a movie from back in the day. Of right, right, right. Like within from recent. 2017 to on. now. Yeah. So I'll preface the answer with this. I'm really bad at movies. Okay. Everyone who yeah. loves movies hates me. Oh right? my God. Because right. I love Fast and the Furious. Oh my God. I love bro. it. I fucking love it. Bro, I haven't don't watched tell me one, that. To be fair, I haven't watched one since seven or eight. I don't even know what number they're So I never now. saw no, nine. No, they're by 10. They're by 10. I never saw, no, I'm sorry, seven. Because I never saw eight. I never saw nine. I never saw Hobbs and Shaw. I never saw 10. And apparently 10, uh, part two. Part two, yeah. Coming out. Never seen any of those. Yeah. Um, the ones that I was like ride or die for, Fast and Furious One, which is a great fucking movie, classic. Even though, mind you, like if you look back at that movie, they're just trying to steal DVDs. That's how they're fucking. No trying VHS, to do. right? VHS, <laughs> Panasonic TV, yes, dude. Duo TV with VCR in it. Oh, bro. dude, that was prime time right, gold. Someone die for it, bro. Straight up, bro. <laughs> Jesse fucking dies, dude. For some fucking... Vince almost dies. He doesn't dude. die until part five, and. Too Fast, Too Furious, obviously, I feel, because we're from Miami, has a special place. Bro, I'm hearts. a sucker for Too Fast, Too Furious. My dad took <clears> me to see Too Fast, Too Furious when I was... That came out in 03, June. Yeah. So I was... It was just the beginning of summer, third grade going into fourth grade year. I must have been, give or take, like eight years old. Dude, I bought a Joe Budden 
fucking CD for Pump It Up. Damn, pissing <laughs> Drake fans off. Yo. <laughs> oh, Joe, I'm kidding. I love Joe Button. I mean, oh. he was a Drake fan, but I love Joe Button. But yeah, that, I, I fucking hate Joe Button. I just like that Pump It Up song. Hey, man, That's let him talk his shit, bro. Let him talk his shit. He a little crazy, yeah, but... but too, too fast, too fast, too furious, bro. bro. Right off the back, Eva Mendes. Mm. That's that was like one bay, like back in the day. Oh, one thousand. And it has one of the most beautiful cinematic moments of all time, when fucking uh Tyrese Gibson's character is talking to Paul Walker, and out of nowhere, Paul Walker just goes, "I said forget about it, I cuz. said forget about it, cuz. What the Shit. fuck was that? What the hell? I want to hear this, homie. Bro, I said what? forget about it, cuz. What oh. the? F- He's never talked like that throughout the whole series. But that one, that one second, moment, bro. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I feel like he read the wrong person's line. And they bro, were like, just fuck that, yeah. bro. They're like, just go with keep it, bro. It. Just, just keep we're it. keeping that shit. Dude, I just, I just randomly quote that shit sometimes. Oh, bro, I, I said, love about that it, shit, cook. man. I or, still quote Fast and the Furious to this day. Bro. So I, I will give you the first two, obviously, are always going to be iconic. They're part of our childhoods. I think they could have done with Fast and the Furious 1, 2, and 4. That was it. Only reason I say 2 was because... You know, like, Fast was 5 was pretty good, though. Fast 5 was great. Don't get me wrong. But do I think that they needed it for the story? I don't think so. I think they could have ended it at Fast and Furious, which was the fourth part that came out. Yeah, yeah. That one still had racing in it, I remember. It, but it also continued the story of That's Tokyo true. Drift. Right? Because oh, yeah, Tokyo yeah, yeah. Drift was... To the, to the most people, it was the worst of mm-hmm. the bunch, yeah. right? To me, as a Fast and Furious aficionado, I go like, it was probably the best because it had the dopest cars. Because in Japan, uh, they have a whole different street culture yeah. when it comes to cars. They had Skylines up to Yin Yang. They had the 350Zs. They had Supras. They had fucking uh, all sorts of cars. And they had that up. song that Tokyo. Oh, bro. <laughs> There's a fucking if MySpace if I could still access my MySpace video. That was your that was your song song dude. I had a video that had like oh. 300 views on MySpace, which at that time was, yeah I was fucking almost famous. Hold on, hold on, let's take a little break and we'll be right back. We'll get it. Let's do this. it. Let's... All right, tell me about this. Tell me about this video. All right, bro. this shit might get me like if I get to the point when I get to the point that I'm big famous and MySpace decides to release this video, it might oh. get me canceled. <laughs> I was a 12 year old boy. It was a rainy day. And um, I was bored, and I just put a camera. This is back when you had to buy the cameras that had like the SD cards in it, and like it actually took two AA batteries yep, to like damn. OG, load OG. up. That shit had like four point eight pixels, and I was like, "Whoa, like, yo, <laughs> this is that shit, bro." <laughs> and I set that bitch up in front of my desktop, and I started doing the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift song, doing this shit right here, bro. No, eyes, changing the characters. <laughs> Bro, MySpace would get me banned today. No question. I'd be banned off of X, Twitter, Fitter. It don't even matter, bro. But I love Tokyo Drift. Like, I loved Tokyo Drift. I hated the fact that it didn't go with the storyline. That was the only It was weird. Thing. Yeah, it, it felt weird. like it was forced into the saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They forced that movie to be part of it. And then it didn't make sense until the last 30 seconds of the movie that Vin Diesel, Diesel shows, shows up. up. Yeah. Even though it brought in like one of my favorite Fast Hans. Labor, Hans. Yeah. yeah I love Hans. And I know with the more recent ones, they brought him back. Yeah, and apparently nobody like, dies in yeah, Fast and Furious. Lenny never died. Apparently, Jesse, you remember Jesse from part one? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. he got shot in front of uh-huh. the crib. Apparently, Jesse comes back. I haven't seen 10. So I don't know if he's come back in 10 or 10.2, whatever the fuck oh, you want to call it. Christ. 
but I follow him on Twitter and I saw that he posted like a teaser about wow. like him being in the upcoming. Just Fast to get like Fury. the OG fans like hyped up. I guess so. It's just bro with those movies. How many brothers can they introduce? John Cena. <laughs> John Cena's my brother. Dude, <laughs> like, come on, man, what type of shit is yeah, that? But, yo, here's the thing: is they still make money and they still attract. Of fan base. Ludacris did all the smoke with Matt Barnes and uh, Stack, uh, their podcast, and yeah. he pretty much was like, "When he's like, you know, what do you say to people who say like, why y'all still making movies?" He's like, "Because we making money, bro." But let me every tell you, movie yeah. outsells the previous. Yes, one, bro. it does. People, Always, bro, other but, than Tokyo Drift. But let me tell you something, because I used to work at a movie theater. I know you like the movies, but yo, that fan base is the fucking worst, bro. Yeah, bro. It brought out the worst. Fucking people, like dude, bunch of ricers, bunch of wannabe. Oh my god, people, dude, it was dude. the most annoying thing. People trying to do donuts outside. Oh like, my hyped. god, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah relax. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's no, I'm Paul Walker. Yeah, you're in a fucking talk for that tree, you're dude. A fucking Acura, dude, relax. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Calm down. It's not that. Not serious. even a good Acura, too. You gotta, <sighs> you gotta hold it when you're turning and you. Yeah, dude, it was. It you gotta fucking pump insane. the gas and hit the steering wheel at the same time to get that bitch going. You out here oh doing my donuts and in fucking international mall. What the fuck is wrong with it was, people, it was bro? the worst, bro. It was the worst. All right, we, we got a little side yeah, track. Yeah, we got sidetracked. We got yeah, sidetracked. Okay, anyway, going back to the what I was, fucking, you think? the last funny movie that I've seen that I've legit laughed at. Uh bro. It's, uh, like I said, it ain't much, but um what was that movie? It's not New Guy, because that's the actual movie from, like, the early 2000s. Um, the Free Guy one with Ryan Reynolds? With Ryan Reynolds. Okay, that one. That one was funny, because yeah. of Ryan Reynolds and um, what's the comedian? The comedian's name? Lil Rel? Lil Rel. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'll Hilarious. I found that movie. shit. So It was so lighthearted. It was yeah, so Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Granted, am I going to put this up against, like, some of the better comics that... Uh, Comedy movies I've seen? No, probably not. Yeah. But in the past five years, that is probably okay, that's, off the top I'll give of my that head. That's a good one. It's just honestly, it kind of makes me sad that there's no more raunchy movies. There's Ain't no, no more scary movie, bro. There's no scary, no scary movies. Movie. There's no. They even tried to do it again with Haunted House. It Haunted, ain't the same. It wasn't the same. It even though the it, was the, it was fucking Wayne smoke, Brothers. Yeah, it it didn't hit the same. There's no old school. There's no uh, Hangover. Those movies are done. Yeah. Because of any anything that you can try to do, I feel now, you're gonna offend someone. And like right. it only takes one person to get offended and it's like a like it causes like an avalanche. Like an avalanche. You know, they say the avalanche starts with like a small pebble. Yeah. That's what it is. One person goes on X and they're like, This movie was offensive to minorities because such such and does and then everyone picks it up. So I feel now studios don't even want to try to make comedies anymore. The yeah. comedies they have now, they have to add some drama to it, or I don't it's know. It's also toned down too, right? Like yeah. what they say, and like, yeah, it's. I mean, signs of the time. You know what I yeah. mean? Shout out Drake. That's one of his greatest songs. Signs like, of yeah, the right. time, but <laughs> signs of the time for real. Like it, it, it really does show. Like uh, this is where our society's at. This is what we're looking at. Like I mean, goddamn, back in the day, you used to be able to say whatever you want. No. Right? Like, uh, what's this famous comedian? Don Rickles. Don Rickles would have, like, a talk show. And he would roast the crowd on whatever their ethnicity was yeah, or whatever was stereotype they mm -hmm. made fun of. It was funny for everyone. Everyone yeah. in the audience is laughing. 
nowadays you can't do that at all and you can't even and it's the movies too you know like now little mermaid gotta be black which i got no problem with it i don't care but you know they didn't make her black because they just wanted to make her black right no yeah they there just... was a motive behind it yeah, there was a I've purpose behind yeah, it yeah of course you know what i mean so it's like a lot of those sort of scenarios where now you're like forcing this narrative onto this type of movie to have like an underlying reason behind it where i'm yeah. just like yeah and and it's hard to i think i don't think it's impossible right like i mean fucking shane gillis just is using the same example we we're talking about mm-hmm. earlier he says shit that a lot of people can't say but it's how he says it it's his style and he's willing to take that risk which yeah. i wouldn't call it a risk for him because he's just being himself exactly but it's like take that risk that other people aren't man and like and and like I'm I'm not saying I agree with it, but I kind of always try to play devil's advocate and look at both sides and like, you know, if you're working with a multi-million dollar company, you trying to get fed. Exactly, you trying to make yeah. money. You know, so I understand why the you can't say that, you can't do that, you can't blah, blah, blah. like I I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But also in the same breath of saying, like, there's so much comedy out there and there's so much, almost with anything, there's a crowd for anything now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's out there. You just got to find it. Is it the biggest crowd? Maybe not. Are you going to make the most money from it? Maybe not. Are you worried more about making a lot of money? Or are you worried more about making some money and doing something that you believe in and stand by? Like, I think that's the bottom line of it. Yeah. Um, So... But going back to um, the Free Guy, that's the name of the movie? Free Guy? Free Guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's nothing crazy. No. Why It was funny, but was it yeah, pushing it like the film. envelope anywhere? No, I don't think so. No. Not at all. It wasn't really pushing anything. It was a fucking scary movie. Yeah. It wasn't Hangover. It wasn't nothing like that. I forgot who it was that I was listening to. I think it was uh, some Ed Helms. That was on a podcast or Galifianakis. I don't remember, but they were saying like, oh yeah, we can do that shit again. Like we can do that right now. That long ago. That's the crazy part. Dude, that was like it's crazy how like where the line is. The line gets like pushed every now and then. Sometimes people don't even know. But the reason I had I brought up like the whole movie thing is I personally feel because the wokeness already took care of the movies, they're setting their gaze now on comedians right now they're looking at any little thing that a comedian does because the same thing that happened to matt rife where like he got in trouble like at the end of the day like you said you these people are just trying to get a hit they're not going with the intention of like let me fucking hurt women's feelings right let me hurt black people's feelings no they they go in with a joke like i'm pretty sure whenever you're writing or anything it's damn will someone laugh at this right let me go and like hurt someone's fucking feelings it's just you want to get a laugh, right? Yeah. So that's their intention. So you guys are comedians. You guys aren't politicians. You guys aren't teachers. You guys, you're, right. Your job, in a way, is to make us laugh or try to make us laugh. Yeah. So anything you guys, I feel like anytime someone's up on stage, take everything kind of with like a grain of salt, right? Like it's a yeah. joke, guys. Like I'm not being fucking serious. Like you guys don't personally know me. So now, anything I feel like a comedian says, there are people there with a fucking microscope. People are ready to staring at anything that this person does. Um, there's this. Uh, have you ever heard of Abbott Elementary or something like that? Mm-hmm. 
Love that show. Right? That show's fucking hilarious. So the principal, um, Ava, mm-hmm. the the actress that plays her, she's she also does stand up. I don't know if you knew. Yeah, she it, it, Ava's the one that um got famous like off of a mine or something. I'm like, you got money. Is that is that her or no? No, 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 no. La Negrita, she, no? No, no. Well, they're all Negrita. Oh, they're all? <laughs> yeah. I may have seen like the first yeah. movie, but it's like <laughs> white people in that shit. You know what I mean? No, 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 they get like, to, where, one of the actresses right. on the show. She does comedy. She's she not surprised. Yeah, she does stand up. Right? And people are coming after her for a joke that she said about her son's penis. Yeah. She had a baby recently, and she's like, yo, baby walking around with, like, a man dick. And I'm like, motherfucker, you ain't paying bills. Like, put your pants on and shit like that. Just a joke. Right. And, bro, That's they're destroying her on TikTok. They're like, how dare you make fun of your child? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, somehow, like, like the left got a hold of it, and they're like, oh, like, you don't know that kid's gender or what he fucking feels oh like. Oh, my Lord. It just became a whole thing. I'm like, yo, it was just a joke about her son. Yeah. Her yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you can birth, if you can make <laughs> another life, you can yeah. do whatever the fuck you want to and it. You honestly, know what I mean? Yeah. Don't I'm beat the shit out of it. Exactly, but... yeah. Unless you're Hispanic. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, like, yo, I'm I'm, I'm for beating your kid's ass a little yeah. bit. Not in a public, A healthy though. amount. Yeah, not in public. That's just mad fucking weird. <sighs> It is weird in public, bro, but you know what? Sometimes, dog, if your kid fucking spits, let's say your kid spits at you in front of publics and shit, like you're in the middle of a Publix and your kid yeah. just, fuck you, dad, spits at you, bro. If I had to hit my kid, I would make sure there's only old people around. Oh, I know yeah. They'd be yeah, 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 because they'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially like old school Cubans, they'd be like, oh, hell yeah, hell, man. Yeah. Teach they me was... my fucking lesson, yeah. thousand percent. But I feel like, <laughs> rule of thumb, if you can create a person, I think, uh, there's a lot of things you can get away with. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. talking about they grown little man dick, that's <laughs> definitely one of them. Like 1,000%. You wipe your kid's ass. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not talking about somebody else's. Exactly. That's the that's way That's weird. Talk. Yeah. It's your kid. It's the same way you would make fun of yourself and your insecurities and like, you know, like me, I got a big nose. I fucking make fun of myself. But if somebody else make fun of me, like, bitch, check yourself. Yeah. This is my nose. And then you go home and you're like, that motherfucker. <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. That yeah. was funny. God damn it. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, but again, it's the power of social media, bro. It's the power it is, of the man. times we're in where, like, people feel like, and I told myself in this too, where I say, like, my opinion matters. Right? Yeah. I have access to the phone. Like, sometimes I'll be writing shit on Twitter that I think is funny. Or whatever, posting something on Instagram that I think is funny because I feel like my opinion is validated and it matters. Um, I don't think it matters to that degree. Yeah. Not to that extent. But there's a little bit of me that does have that same thing of like my opinion matters and this is why I do it. Um, But, you know, people are always going to have to say something. People are always going to want to say something. They ain't worried about, they can't pay their bills. They can't take care of their own kids. But they're worried about what somebody else is doing with their kids. What yeah. somebody else is doing with their money. What bro, listen. Annoying, bro. You you fucking you work at, 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 at and no disrespect to anybody I work at Walmart, you know what I mean? But like just for saying, like, you work at Walmart. You know, you didn't come out here. You may have had a passion to be an actor or an actress or a director and a comedian. You didn't choose that path. Whether it worked out for you or not, whatever. This is where you're at. Mm-hmm. Let the professionals do what they gotta do. Worry about your shit. I'm not telling you how to stock the aisle. You ain't telling me how to tell my jokes. Like it's, and respect on both sides. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's a little bit of, of that. Like, bro, we just go into our phone and just write whatever we want. Yeah. 
social media has become it could either be like a very powerful thing where like you can just make like a video and it could go viral and it could change your life yeah but also you can make a video go viral and it could destroy your life yeah i mean and in that same set it will change your life just not in the same way exactly it could go either or you could take a hammer kill somebody you could take a hammer and build a house what you want to do with it is up to you you know what i mean so it's a lot of that as well that just people we all have this at our disposal and and you know how we decide to go about it um just kind of varies i don't think anybody who doesn't do the if you ain't never done the craft i feel like your opinion shouldn't really be that valid not saying we can't hear you i just don't think you should have the right to be able to ruin somebody's career like people just think like oh i'm offended so i'm just gonna say this and then if the right person or the wrong person gets a hold of it you could ruin somebody's life you're not thinking about like this how people pay bills. This how people raise their kids. Yeah. This how people take care of their moms. You're not thinking about none of that. You're just like, oh, I'm offended. I'm gonna say something. What about you when you're at work? What about all the shit you do that nobody cares to post on fucking Twitter? And even if they did, who the fuck are you? Yeah. But now because this person got, you know, they got money behind them. They have a status quo. They have something. Now it matters. Mm. But all the shit you say when you're drinking with your friends and you're out in the fucking gathering and you can say whatever you want about anybody, nobody blinks an eye and it's fine. You can still show up to Walmart and work, but you don't want this person to work? Yeah. Fuck it, out It's also the power of knowing that you can destroy someone's right. career. Right. And, and there's definitely, there's and some, I don't think it's a mm. lot, but I think there's definitely people out there who get a hard on from that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, They're they like, love oh, like a fuck. It's like a fucking security guard in high school, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Right? Bro. But in that moment, you got that power. You got that authority. And you got, oh, I, because you're going to do what I say because... Da, 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 da. Let's not say the high school we went to, just in case. Obviously, some listeners know. But just in case, did you know that some of these security guards were fucking? Oh, bro. I have my speculations. And then I have my confirmations. You I had it pretty recent because I'd be talking shit on Instagram. I just post oh, it. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'd be talking shit. And somehow people love sending me stuff. Oh, so shit. They love sending me stuff. And I just, obviously, you know about this because we went to the same high school. And I was just chilling one day and I saw a, a meme that was like, what was like the weird thing that happened in your high school? And I feel like in Coral Park, there was a bunch of shit. God like damn, me- you're not supposed to say oh, that. Oh, no. <laughs> I was already thinking about how I was oh, going to no. say it. Yeah, I said it. Anyways. I was going to say right attitude means success. Beep. Yeah. Right at- yeah. Anyways. The school that we went to, I always found it so fucking weird that one of our teachers got married to one of our students. Mm-hmm. You remember- I don't know if, if it's the same teacher I'm thinking of. Oh, but- this happened to... In- the, oh, this is recent? The one you're talking about? Well, when we were in school, there um, was a teacher that got... Now, I'm talking about, like, I think it was, like, maybe a year after that oh, person graduated. I think they so. Were, they got married, and I was... And I always thought to myself, that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's So I posted weird. that, and then, like, everyone sent me, like, a bunch of stuff, like, relating to them. I'm oh, not going to get into shit. it. Right, right, right. It's not sure. my story sure. to tell. It's fucking wild, though. And then... Um, I remember like I had posted, I was like, does anybody remember there was this one security guard that was always in like one of the golf carts and he always had like three refi girls with him. 
Always. Why always. is it the refs, bro? I, why always. is it the did, refs? Did you ever see that guy? He was always. I think post- I know who it is, but I know a teacher too. I know a teacher who always had the. Ref. I know a teacher who had ref girl sitting on his lap in the middle of class. What the fuck? In the middle of class, they would come in with a hall pass and sit on his lap to talk to him, and we all taking notes like, "What the fuck is happening?" Dude, like, we 15, 16 years old, like. This ain't right. Yeah, yeah. This so, is a little wrong. So I made that post, and then someone sent me, like, this whole paragraph. So they're like, oh, yeah, like, we used to, he used to take us out, like, dancing and stuff on the weekends. Oh, my And God. I was like, what the fuck? It was like, yeah, him and his brother, like, they used to take us to, like, like Wacha and all those places. Jesus Christ. My girl was there. I know. Oh, for a and fact, I was my like, girl was oh. Like Wacha. God damn it. I was like, what the fuck? That was a... I was mind blown. I was like, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably at the time I would have been, but right now I'm not surprised. I've heard some crazy ass stories about like security. And I mean, pick your fucking Miami Dade public school, high school. Just pick no, it. Yeah, Bro, yeah. There's a security guard that's the same as the other one that's doing all that shit. Exactly. I know a motherfucking security guard that got fired from our, I went to another one to do the same shit. Oh he got fired God. for on the other one. So they didn't even check resumes back then. Bro. Dude. That I, can you, you walk talk on a walkie talkie? All right, bet. Can you drive with a golf cart? <laughs> Barely. He's like, I can only drive drunk though. All right, cool, cool, dude. This you're kid, on the job. These kids won't know, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good, bro. Yeah, crazy shit like that. I heard about that shit all the time, bro. I remember I was working at the restaurant Nordstrom, and I had just become a server. Maybe not. Maybe I was still bussing tables, but regardless, I remember seeing a teacher walk in. With somebody who had graduated a year ahead of me. And this was probably like, let's say I was 18 when I graduated. She was 19. Let's say she was 21. Let's just make it legal. Okay. Let's just say she's 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 20. All right. She fucking came into the uh, restaurant with her. Yeah, no, bro. I got you, bro. Thank you, bro. You're good, bro. You think we I drinking a little? Spent ten years in the restaurant industry to not take care of people. Thank Come you, bro. On. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Cheers, cheers, again, brother. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So she shows up to this restaurant hand in hand with this teacher, and I was like, "Ain't you graduated like two years ago? Ain't he like forty? What the fuck is?" That was like the first moment that my brain kind of was like, "What?" Like, is this my naiveness was kind of like unveiled a little bit. And yeah, I was yeah. like, yo, what the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> people be fucking, bro. <laughs> hey, listen. People, people be fucking, man. People be people fucking. People be fucking. But 40-year-olds should not be fucking 20-year-olds. At, or tw- 20. Not 21-year-olds. I don't give a fuck what you do. As long as y'all legal. Do your shit. It is a little weird. When you had that girl in your class for a whole year, yeah, before she turned of age and all that shit, it that grooming shit is a little real, man. That shit's a little weird, but fucking my girl's older than me by a year, so shit. Check her, dog. Yeah. Why she's she coming you, down? Dude. Yeah, she's grooming, grooming me. You. Fuck, she talking about? Yeah, so that's a weird time, bro. It's a weird time. <sighs> all right, so let's back to comedy. Back to comedy. <laughs> back, back to, to comedy. comedy. Let's start with your process. So when it comes to just let's start from building a joke. How does that come to you? Are you like one of those people that 
every day you're kind of looking for material type of thing? I feel like any comedian's doing that. I don't feel like it's part of a process. I feel like it's part of being a comedian, right? Because like I've, one of my favorite comedians is Sebastian Maniscalco. You ever seen him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Maniscalco. I think he's a comedian, one of the comedians I relate to the most. And his style, his upbringing, the way he does comedy, like all those things I relate to him. And I remember I saw him live and he was like 40 something at the time. I saw him at the BBNT Center. Nice. And at the end of his set, which he didn't even use this because this was part of his like Netflix hour he was going to premiere. Mm-hmm. Bro, I promise you the only joke he used from that hour and 20 minutes I saw, he probably only did like 10 minutes on Netflix. Wow. So he had two plus hours in the bag and he was touring just doing this shit. Yeah. So I see him and like, I think he was just kind of working out this bit or he was just trying it out. I don't know what he was trying to do or if he was just trying to get it out of his brain. But he talked about his grandfather who was on hospice passing away. And it reminded me a lot about my dad when he was on hospice passing away. And he was talking, like, he was making fun of the situation. I remember telling my girl, like, after the show was done, I was like, bro, like, I'll never not do that. Like, whether I'm a comedian going on stage with a family, whatever the case, I'm never not going to do that. I'm never not going to have that thought. I'm never not going to have the fucked up thought in a fucked up situation where you're like, how the fuck would you say that? Yeah. But like, for example, my dad was passing away in hospice and like we thought he was dead on Friday and we're like, all right, he's done. We did the little, you know, Hispanic thing where you say the prayer, go with God, and my, you know, they say like hearing's the last thing that goes. So like, we're all like talking to my dad, like, yo, it's time for you to go, go see family, go with your brother, and then like 30 minutes later, my dad like wakes up and is like, what are you drinking? And I'm like, tears in my eye. I'm like, I'm drinking Coke. Oh my he's God. like, what are you eating? I was like, pata con bocadito. And he's like, can you get me one? I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes, so father. me and my brother go, my, me and my, my oldest brother have a 20-year age difference. And we go into the kitchen and we're like both crying because like we already killed our dad, essentially. We did the prayer. Yeah. We're like, you're not supposed to be here. And we're crying. And I'm like, bro, in the midst of it, we're like, what the fuck? And I go, bro, let's just grab a pillow. Let's just do. We know where this is ending. We know where this is going. Why are we fucking teasing ourselves? Oh my god! But it's like that moment. I hadn't been doing comedy then, but that moment occurred naturally, and it happened. And when I heard Maniscalco making fun, I went like, "I'll never stop doing that. My brain will always do that, whether or not I do it on stage and write it down or whatever." Let let me ask you because I tend to do that. I suck when it comes to showing emotions. Okay, I am just horrible at I. And I, I, as you get older, you start realizing why you do certain things. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just seeing my parents were the worst at showing emotions. They didn't show emotions to themselves. Right. They barely showed emotions to me. Like, it was like, hey, I love you. But it wasn't like, oh, come give me a hug. It wasn't none of that stuff. Right. So sometimes I struggle with that, too. And I noticed at a young age, I would kind of use, like, humor to kind of cut the tension. Right. So I don't know if maybe like you had that same situation in your upbringings where you nah, felt like- No, man, I feel like I'm too soft. <laughs> I feel like my parents baby me too much, right? Oh, like, yeah? I'll, I'll, especially now that I'm getting like, and I'm not that old, I'm only 30, but like, especially now that I get older, like I can cry easily. Like I've always been able to cry easily. I've never been shy okay. of like expressing my emotions or anything like that. Like we were not rich by any stretch when I was growing up, but mm. we weren't poor. We never fucking- didn't know where our meal was coming from. We okay. had a meal. We were just sharing it. 
we yeah. didn't have multiple meals. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I felt that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I was never poor like that, but I was always rich in love. Like, my dad, by, granted, I feel like life worked for me in that favor where my dad, when he got to me, he had already raised four of his own and two, um, not adopted, but he raised my mother's kids when they were two and four. Okay. That's when he met them. And he raised them up. He raised both of them and me together. And I was the last one. So I technically was seven. So by the time he got to seven, he was 40 years old. The first kid he had, he was 18 years old. Damn. I mean, think about who we, we were at 18 and think about who That's we are today. Wild. I don't know how the fuck my, like, I look back and I'm like, dude, my parents had me when they were 24. Bro. Like, I, I can't how? even. Yeah. I was like, dude, I was 24. I was still. There was no GPS at that time. Yeah. How the fuck did you figure out how to get around town, bro? Quest, and you had a baby? Like, what the fuck? Dude, and like, are you good with addresses? Because I've always been shit with addresses. I mean, I'm pretty like, good in Miami, yeah, but not they'd be, in other places. Yeah, they'd be like, bro, meet me on like 87 and 140-something. I was like, what? what? Is there a one Dixie bike? Yeah, like, give like, me a landmark, dude. Yeah, give please. me a fucking landmark. So imagine taking care of a fucking babe, another human being. I don't know how the fuck they did it, bro. Yeah. So I feel like my I was like a little gifted in that sense. I've always been very grateful for it. That like my mom came from a third world country. She didn't come to America. She was almost 30. Okay. She never even dreamt of coming to America. She was like doing the third world country shit. I got two kids, clean the house, make sure everybody's okay. Yeah. And then like live with mom till she passes. Like, you know, real, real rural South America. She, She went to school with like the same 15 kids from kindergarten the fucking senior year. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> like the blackest kid she know how to tan. And she was like, and negro because he had an afro. And yeah. I was like, yo, mom, you don't know. Yeah. This I is think why you're racist. racist. Yeah, exactly. You know? like, Hispanic, the thing with Hispanics is they're racist without knowing that they're being right, racist. Right, right. Because they don't know nothing else. Like I remember, dude, like I the, get into fights with my mom all the fucking yeah. time. I'm like, you can't say that shit, woman. Bro, my gram, like one of my dark my <laughs> grandma came to visit from Honduras once. And I remember, like, I think it was for my birthday, and I had all my friends over. And the darkest friend I have is Nino. Yeah, I'm about to say Louis. Louis, who's Dominican. <laughs> exactly. And my grandma saw him and was like, uh, she almost fucking fainted, dude. Dude, like, she saw Nino go into my room, and she was like, Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. Like, she's like, grab your wallet, She's like, go, go check. And I was like, grandma, like stop like it wasn't even like hush hush she was yelling video games. yeah he was like dude what the fuck harmless as fuck like i was just staring at him like touching his skin like like bro and i'm like please stop like oh my god that, that that reminds me for um a new year's like probably like three or four new years ago my wife uh her grandma god rest her soul she passed away she was like 95 or something old cuban lady and i had one of my best boys his name is rudy wilson one of the funniest comedians i've ever seen he uh he had nothing to do for new year so i invited him over and i remember we had to kind of give her like a prep talk like hey listen rudy's a big boy he used to play football and he was a like linebacker built this motherfucker's six five his hands are ginormous whenever he closes his hands his hands are huge god damn this motherfucker blurple you understand what I mean? <laughs> shout out Kirby. I don't oh, know if you remember Kirby, yeah, but shout out Kirby. Oh my God. <laughs> this motherfucker. So we had to tell her, like, hey, listen, ain't going to be some real black, big black guy that walks in here. Don't worry. No, no. She's like, ah, don't worry about it. And then I told Rudy, I was like, hey, man, we had to brief. We had to brief Abuela about you, man. He's yeah. like, oh, you told the big black man's coming in? I was like, yeah, we had to tell you her. You have to warn them. You had to warn She was like, oh. and then she was looking at us like we were crazy for like letting her know like, oh, really? You're not that fucking racist, right? Like you weren't born in the goddamn 30s and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, how the fuck did we end up over here, man? 
We're I don't know, okay. That's part of the show. But, <laughs> we just go okay, I remember now. So we were talking about like the process. So the process to me, I feel like every comedian is always every day unintentionally looking for shit. Now I feel all right, wait, let's take a little break and let's we'll be do right it. Back. All right. So yeah, we were talking about the process. So yeah, I kind of feel like every comic, uh whether they know it or not, their brain is just functioning like let me find funny shit. Do you write stuff down or no? Yeah, I'll write shit on my notes all the time. I have the the notes app on my iPhone. Yeah. I just fucking write a thought. Sometimes, bro, honestly, like nine times out of ten, I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Like, right? What? Like, it's kind of like had to be in the moment. Yeah, like thing. sometimes I'm like, I read that and I'm like, man, that was funny then. But like, how do I even, how do I make this into a bit? How do I b- develop this, right? That's really where I, where I look at it. Uh, but my process has been writing stuff out and i think a lot of my i guess delivery is speech and debate so i did speech and debate for three years in high school and in that i would do this thing called oral interpretation i wouldn't give head but what i would do was that'd be interesting <laughs> yeah yeah so you came here for jokes psych, psych came here for cum yeah <laughs> who's up first <laughs> if you were like five minutes <laughs> Oh my god. Uh so uh but a big part of it was like memorization, right? And you mm-hmm. had to go in front of an audience and like, you know, memorize the script and pitch it and sell it and whatever. So then I started realizing I kind of went back to that and I started writing my bits out in a way where I'll do bullet points. So I'll say like um I'll have like a bit, right? And like the bit will be highlighted in like orange. Okay. And then I'll have bullet points of like, not the full joke, but what the joke pertains to. Like the little tag, just tag, 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 tag. And then I'll put like a green highlight on one specific line. And that I know is going to be a callback that I'm going to make somewhere else down the line. So I'll write it all out. I'll set it all up. I'll time myself. I have a fucking speaker. I have my microphone. I got my mic stand in the office room I have in my crib. Nice. And I sit there and I'll just do 40 minutes just bullshitting. Not every day. I try to do it every day, but I'm bad at that. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest flaw as a comedian is my discipline to it. But I'll get up there and like when you're doing an open mic, you want to do a new joke, but you got four minutes. Yeah, exactly. How the fuck you going to do whole new shit you want to do old shit and 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 you're with the and maybe something happens in the audience where like a comedian got heckled by an audience member or yelled at by an audience member and you're up next you can't just go into your fucking set you gotta address what happened exactly everybody's here watching the same shit that's why i go like bro sometimes you plan the best set and something pops up and something bro the mic goes out dog that's happened to me so many times Mike, I just I did a show in October that it was a Spanish show, and it was a wireless mic. And every time I got too far off from the receiver, my mic would go out. Damn. So and and I'm doing this as the Houston Astros are in the playoffs against the Texas Rangers in Texas. So I'm doing a show in a sports bar in Damn, Spanish man. with a bunch of people who are giving you half their attention. And your mic is going out. My mic went out three times in a 20-minute set. I couldn't Fuck, ever dude. catch a rhythm. I couldn't ever get it going because my mic would just go out. 
So it's like you try to prepare for all these things, but you you don't know. You don't exactly, know what the fuck yeah. is going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, so, How important is like improvisation when it comes to stuff oh, like bro, that? Come on. It's everything, right? 1,000%. Like, like, again, just bringing it back to sports, I just kind of put it like, I know soccer is your shit, mm-hmm. but I don't know like a good soccer analogy. But you watch, feel- you watch basketball? I watch a little bit, yeah. Uh, I like. I'll probably understand. What's it. your next favorite sport in the knee soccer? Would you count UFC as a sport? Yes, a yeah. thousand percent. UFC. One thousand. I love UFC. Yeah. All right. So shit, think about it. <clears throat> it's great if you're a boxer and you're fighting a boxer. But what happens if you fight a wrestler that knows how to box? Yeah. Man, you know what I mean? Fucking, you're fucked. You're dude. fucked. You're fucked. And fucking like, it's the same there. thing with comedy. Like, you need to be able to work clean. You gotta do wrestling. You need to be able to do dirty. Uh, you got no little kickboxing. You need to be able to do improv. You got no little jujitsu. You know, like there's all these things where like you need to be able to do that. You need to know how to be a host, right? Like, what is that? I, I keep hearing that host. I'm pretty sure you can explain to me what is that for me and then for the listeners. All right. So again, this is my experience. I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't want to talk for any other comedian or anybody else because they probably may have a different interpretation of it and what they do. The host job, it's so bittersweet. Why is it good? It's good because they're going to see your face a lot. They see you in between comedians. You start the night off. You set the tempo for the Mm. night. The minute they see you, you want them to put, all right, I'm drinking, but I'm paying attention. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. Ha, ha, ha. All right, cool. Yeah. You're letting the other comedians that are coming up know what this audience is about. How is this audience? Because every audience is different, mm-hmm. right? Are they stuck up? Are they older? Are they younger? Are they in with the hip shit? Are they here to laugh? Are they here to be tight assholes? They don't want to laugh at the edgy shit. So that's the host job. By, Your host by, job. And they're just saying jokes, right? Right. We're, yeah. I mean, my opinion, I feel like a good host doesn't worry so much about their jokes. They worry about making the audience feel... Like engaged in a way? You engage them mm-hmm. and you let them feel, oh, you don't like edgy shit. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, you don't like the racist shit. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Oh, we got a lot of couples in the house. It's a lot of couples here. Okay, the couple, the couple, jo- I feel like that's a lot of my bread and butter. I'm good with the couple shit. I mean, fuck, I've been married for a year, been with my girl for going on eight years, live okay. with her for like four years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. my bread and butter. I can tell you about. Like what I told you as soon as we went outside, I was like, bro, you know, I was ready to come here. Yeah. <laughs> and my girl hit me with like the, can you take me? Like, Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck you mean? Bro. But you can't say no. So, yeah. okay. So now I know. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Like you see people got jerseys on. People got the hat. They representing their city. Oh, we're in Miami. You got a Cincinnati hat. You from Ohio or you just like the hat? So it's a lot of like reading the audience and mm-hmm. seeing who's there what are they there for so are the comedians paying attention to the host nine times out of ten nah okay and i'll say that as a, like a comedian who gets just put on a show mm-hmm. nah but if it's a big show yeah they paying attention okay they're looking at what you're doing yeah they're listening to the audience's reaction to what you're saying Right, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Okay, oh, this is a fun crowd. Oh, they're here to laugh." That's what we'll say. Like, as soon as I get off stage, hey, bro, they here to laugh, bro. They're here for a good night. Say whatever you want. Sometimes they're not like that, and you'd be like, mm, "Good luck." 
Damn. It's going to be like pulling teeth and shit, right? But that's your job as a host. Your job as a host is not to be the funniest person. No. Your job as a host is to be a quarterback and prepare everybody for what they want to do and let the audience know, yo, we're here for a good time. You're here to have a good time? I'm here to have a good time. You drink because I'm drinking. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You from Puerto Rico? Oh, man. You know, one of the funniest people I know from Puerto Rico. Loosen them up. Make them feel like yeah, they're yeah. Your, you're a host, right? Yeah, yeah. You, I came to your home. You brought me here, bro. This is this. Pa 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 pa. This is the room. Come here, sit in this chair. Comfortable ass chair, by the way. This is hell yeah. You got the chair. good chair. I got the shitty chair. Oh damn! I'm a, sorry. No, I you're good, shit. bro. You guys are the ones that matter. Hey, bro. You got my two asshole of these. right now is on fire. Right oh, now, bro, bro. I'm sorry, man. This my <laughs> asshole is. Whoo. No, yeah, I know. But like, that's that's the job of a host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make you feel comfortable. Make you feel like, yo, we're all in this together. We're all experiencing this mm-hmm. night. Fuck your job. Fuck the bill you got to pay. Fuck the person who cut you off in traffic. Fuck that motherfucker who says some shit about... Fuck all that. For the next hour and a half, two hours, we're here. We're here now. We're here to have a good time. And that's all that matters. No, and I, I would say to any person that's listening that's never been to a comedy show, go. Yeah. Because it's fun. It's an experience, it's bro. It's an experience that I feel like everyone should... It makes you appreciate like the stand because I know people sometimes they watch stand up on TV and stuff and not the same. it'll be funny but it does, yeah it's not, not the same bro it's, it's not. different one when of, you're next to a stranger yeah I told Ashley one of the greatest Christmas gifts she's ever got of me bro and she bro I almost cried when she gave it to me she got us tickets to Dave Chappelle oh man bro, that's... To, I was ecstatic he has always been I owe a lot to that man because growing up. Like I said, I always felt like I had to use humor as a way to like make friends or cut the tension. And I went through like this really dark phase where I was fucking going through it. Right. And I just secluded. I lost all the friends that I had by my choice. It wasn't even like them. I just alienated myself. Yeah. And something that got me through it and kind of like made me laugh during that time period. I remember I used to have remember the PSP. Hell yeah. One of the, I like one for some reason I had all these games, and I had Killing Them Softly. Oh, by Dave Chappelle. Bro, I had that. That's stand-up. one of the specials that fucking I verbatim. It's so remember. I love that special so much, and it means so much to me. And I remember just I would rewatch that shit over and over because I'm like, this is the funny. And then the Chappelle show, this goat, bro. To bro, me, to down. me, he's the goat. Bro, second like, episode, that motherfucker did the fucking blind racist. That's the first episode. Oh, that's the first one. That's I thought the it was the first one. fucking episode. When I saw it, I was like, "There's." I thought this shit happened like on season seven, and no. there's only like two seasons. Exactly. Like, how good is this show? Dude, he is. I I love that man, bro. bro. He is to me. He is the greatest. That Whenever I've I tell somebody who's your favorite comedian, don't say Dave Chappelle. Because I just know, like, everybody goes, oh, Dave Yeah, it's Dave Chappelle. Like, and if not, it's because they don't know about Dave Chappelle. It, he's in his own, he's in his own Hall of Fame, first ballot, no question. Exactly. Unanimous decision. Eventually, I wanted to get to you, because I want to know your favorites. And yeah, I will we'll tell get to you. That. So, yeah. But because of that, like, just re-watching that, and obviously, like, I would watch this show. And during that time period, I remember my in my middle school, like, Kids were just yelling, I'm Rick James, bitch. Like, shit like that. Hell yeah. Rick and, James, bitch. And that, like, I don't know, like, just quoting the show and, like, things that I would see from that stand-up and the show, like, I started gaining friends again. So, I don't know. Dave Chappelle's always had, like, a special place in my heart. Yeah, that's so real. Seeing, so, seeing him live, oh, oh my bro. God. It was, I was dying, bro. I almost peed my pants. 
Bro, that's like a whole, like a lot of people don't understand that, what it is to see somebody. It just so happens to be that he's a comedian, right? Mm -hmm. But regardless, like I'm sure there's people who like feel represented and feel like good memories to a musician, mm -hmm. to an artist, a, a, a painter, something. Yeah. And when you see them, it's like this. It's like real. It feels what exactly? Yeah. Like holy shit! Yeah, like I, I I'm, is that, that Dave Chappelle? Yeah, like, I, I, that, I, 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 you could ask Ashley. I kept seeing like it's him. Like he's down there. No. Like I, I couldn't. Like, not everybody. And like bro, we're blessed that we get to experience that because yeah. that's how I felt when I've seen a lot of my idols. Uh, but I get you, bro. Like when you see them, yeah. you go like, wow. Like you don't even know type shit. Yeah, and, you know. I think when it comes to the comedy show, you feel like you're part of it because uh, absolutely. you feel like that 100%. energy and like, it's awesome seeing, I love, like I said, I love comedy and I love laughing with people. For like sure. It, it's so therapeutic. It's a stuff. universal language, yeah. bro. Laughter yeah. in any language, bro. It don't matter if you don't speak each other's language. You purple, they're green, but you watch a baby fall on the ground. It's fucking funny. It's fucking funny, bro. And it don't matter analogy. how old you are or what color you are. Y'all go laugh at that yeah. shit together. It's a universal language, bro. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So seeing, yeah, just experiencing that, seeing all those people laughing at the same thing you're laughing at, mm -hmm. it's awesome. And even if it's a if it's a small show, like go and watch it. Like it's something you completely never different. fucking know who you're gonna see. You never know what that person's joke has for you. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest books I ever read was "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff," and it's all small stuff. And in one of the, and it's like a little book. It's super easy to read. It's like technically a hundred chapters, but every page essentially is a chapter, okay, right? Yeah. And every page has something to tell you. Mm -hmm. And one of them was like, learn something from everybody, regardless of their age. I'm probably butchering what it says, but that's the essence of it, right? No matter who it is, no matter how old they are, no matter what walk of life they're from, they're per put in your path for a purpose. And what is it that you can learn from them? Yeah. And sometimes people be like, oh, what the fuck is this open micer? Right? Myself included. I've seen people that I'm like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? I've been doing comedy for four years. Who the fuck does this guy think he mm -hmm. is? And then I hear him and I'm like, humble. Humble yourself. And then you're like, oh, shit, that was funny. That was good. Or like, wow, he really said some shit that was on my brain and I never even thought about putting mm -hmm. it on paper. Yeah, like and they could articulate it better. 1,000%. Like and it's like a little bit of that when you go see a comedy show, regardless of what level you go to, you never know what you're going to get. I feel like that's why people laugh because you're like, holy shit, this person's feeling what I'm feeling. For me, that's always the, the best yeah. thing when you go like, oh my God, that shit happened. You remember when that happened to us? Yeah. Bitch, I told you this. Da -da 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 -da. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. I just feel like that's like part of a, a rock band or a band or musicians is instruments and things. The audience is an instrument. The audience is laughter. The cadence, mm -hmm. ah, quiet. It's like kind of referencing what we were talking about earlier, we're sitting in silence when you're first doing comedy, it makes you want to rush. Yeah, exactly. When, when you're a little more seasoned, sitting in silence is almost like another layer to your comedy. Letting them sit in it. Letting them sit in what you said, where they kind of go like, that's real. Or you say it, 
and you let him process it. And then it's like one, two, three. Oh my God, that shit's fucking hilarious. The silence works for you in your favor as opposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to against you. But that silence is also part of the instruments. The laughter is part of the instruments. The audience is part of the art. As much as I like to sit here and say like, you know, I could do 40 minutes at home with a microphone and my and my speaker and everything and practice mm-hmm. my shit. It'll never, ever be the same as going in front of a live audience and just doing your shit and just practicing. Do you still get nervous going up? thousand percent. Yeah, that's 100%. Even like the Open pros, mic. even the pros say like, yeah, they're like it's part of it. Open like mic, uh, showcase. But I'm sure like it's a bit of nerves and like a rush, right? Like you got that rush of like, oh my God, here we fucking go. Like I'm pretty sure you love going up, right? Love that shit. Love going up, hate having to walk up. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Oh, shit. I love Fuck. going up, bro, because the minute you grab the mic and you say something, it's all done. It's literally like, that's it. It's up until that moment that you walk up to the mic to be like, are these people going to say, Fuck. And then like, you know, not God forbid, but like the comedian that went up before you is a killer mm-hmm. and they crushed. And now you're thinking like, am I funny enough? Oh, are they going to laugh? Yeah. Are they going to say... Uh, are they cool with me? Right? Oh, shit, that was a black comic. I'm white. Like, I look white. They don't know me. Right? Or even in Austin, where, like, I look white, but I'm not white. And you hear these white comics go up, and they be like, oh, well, today, blah, 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 <laughs> the Xanax yeah. and fucking fentanyl and fuck the gays. And, and then I go up, and they're like, what the fuck are you, bro? What are you, dude? And all these thoughts run in your head. All these thoughts, and you're working on a new bid. Is it gonna work? Is it not? Fuck that person says something similar to what I was gonna say. Now you're, and then the minute, at least for me, and I've heard a lot of comics say the same thing. The minute you grab the mic, dog, as soon as you say it, that's it, it's gone. And if you can get a laugh as soon as you say something, even better. That you think that like calms you down, yeah, bro. The minute you get your first laugh, man, the first laugh is like. The most important laugh, I would say. Next to closing with a laugh, mm-hmm. I think opening with a laugh or getting the audience on your side with something is like super important too. Important for them. They trust you. Important for you. You feel confident in yourself and like, oh, okay, I'm not I'm not making a fool out of myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at, for me, every time I'm going up, regardless of the fucking, bro, it, it, it happened the other week, man. It's just like a, nobody's in the audience. I'm number 23. You know, everyone's doing three minutes. Dog, I don't give a fuck. But when 22 was on stage, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm next. You're like, oh, I'm sh- fucking next. Like, they're going <laughs> to call my name. And I'll have to go up. And I'll have to fucking do it. And you fucking go up there and you do it. And, bro, nine times out of ten, the shit goes well. You have a good set. You had a good time. But before that, you was fucking petrified. Yeah. When you get off stage, do you get that feeling of, like, fuck, I want to do it again? Or is it like, okay, I'm glad that's over? Nah, nah, nah. Definitely, like, man, I could have done fifteen. Yeah, like, man, I, I got five. I could have done fifteen. I remember one of the 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 longest show I've ever done was thirty five minutes. That's a lot, dude. I was Holy supposed to do thirty, shit. right? And then everybody before me, it was three acts before me, and everybody did less time. So I was supposed to go uh, twelve, fifteen, twenty, thirty. How do you know how much time you're doing? Is there like a timer up there? I got my watch. Oh, that's how I, I do that. Sometimes they have timers. I've done shows where they have timers above you okay. so you can see it. Yeah. But I always do it with my watch. I always have my watch on me. As soon as I go on stage, boop, and I start it. 
And like whenever you, and this is, and I'm not saying I'm seasoned, but this is comes with a little bit of experience in the, in the job. Um, you, you know, when you're going to get a good laugh on a joke mm-hmm. and you use that time to let them sit in it and let them laugh and you, you know, it takes a little minute and then there you do this. All right, cool. All right, I'm at, I'm at 12 minutes. No <laughs> so guys are staring like, is he, is he over us already? Like- and, then, and it works against you too, though. Sometimes like if you don't do it right. People see you look at your watch and go like, what the fuck is he looking at? Yeah. What the fuck are you checking the time? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so if yeah. you don't do it right, and like, I've learned, again, I've learned to like do it at the right time. Yeah. You know, I'm there. Blah, 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 blah. They're laughing. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I so like all that comes from experience. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, But that's how I keep my time. I also practice a lot, bro. I also practice. Yeah. I'm, I, I would, the thing is, dude, like I've. I fucking admire what you do because I, not even in my wildest dreams, like this to me, like us talking, I think I could do podcasts. For sure. I could talk. I could talk shit. I feel like you could also go on stage, bro. Like I, you can do this. You can go on stage. Yeah. My thing is it's going up (laughs) like in front of people that horrifies me. So it's a a bandaid, bro. I took a fucking speech class in college and I made the stupid fucking mistake of taking it with two of my best friends. I was in that class with Brian. Oh, shit. Brian, his girl at the time. And I don't know if you ever met Jason. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the class with them. The first thing, first day, the professor walks in. He's like, yo, I don't give homework. It's just straight projects. The first project is you're going to come up here and talk about yourself for five minutes. I... I felt a shit brewing already. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I was like, I fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. <laughs> like, and my last name's Canales. So I'm always like, one of the, like on the fucking list. Oh, yeah. You, you I'm ABC, like, boy, ABC, you're number three. I'm right fucking yeah. there, dude. So I was like the second or third person to go up. The two people that go before me, they got claps. Oh, shit. I was like, so they I was the, like, they let the no. The whole thing was like, Bring something from your past, your present, and your future. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean, bro? Like, I had to bring three items that represented those time periods. And I was, oh, dude, I was panicking at the disco, dude. I was not, panicking at the I was disco. not fucking having it. I was like, this, gonna, I knew it was going to be bad. And these people were like, they're already talking shit. They're like, I was going to fuck up. And I was like, stop it, guys. No, I'm not. Like, they call up my name. I go up and... Same thing, like, I sna- like I don't remember anything. All I remember is finishing, everyone stayed quiet, and I just, for some reason, went. I went to sit down. I sat down, and everyone's still quiet. Like, it's just silence. Like, it was just, and they're all staring at me, and I was like, what happened right now? And I just hear the professor go, you just broke a record right now. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you broke the record for the fastest speaker I've ever heard. You were up, you were supposed to be there for five minutes. You did one minute. God damn. I said my past, present, and future all in one minute. I can't even tell you what I said. 20 seconds apiece. I can't even tell you what I said. I don't, I, I blanked out. That's nerves. He was like, he was like, he's like, I thought you were gonna pass out out there, and I was like, I don't remember anything. He's like, I'm gonna give you. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna give you a seat, and I was like, 
Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But yeah, just the idea of going up and so when it came to the whole podcasting thing with me, I always tell people this, especially now that people have come up to me and they're like, hey, I want to start my own podcast or I'm thinking about starting a business like that. And they see that like I literally started from like nothing. Right. And slowly and slowly, like it's building up. And I always tell people, I'm like, careful who you take advice from. Because not everyone's going to have your best intention at mm-hmm. heart. I This isn't the first show that I've I've said this before. This wasn't the first show I had. Mind you, the first one I did wasn't my show. But they used to have me on as a guest a lot. And the guy that used to run it, like he had a little bit of a following and stuff like that. And I, I admired him. Like I thought he was funny. Like I, I trusted like his judgment and things. And I remember I asked him, I was like, hey, like I'm thinking about doing my own show. This is, and he was just like, I don't think you're that funny. I don't think you're going to do it. I don't oh, think I did gonna... remember you mentioned. Yeah. He's like, like I don't think before. you're going to make it. And I was like, oh, awesome hater shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I believed him. I was like, damn, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. And dude, I think that was like the worst fucking mistake I've ever done. Yeah. Just, just fucking taking that guy's fucking advice. I don't even, I don't even talk. He wasn't even like a friend. It was just an acquaintance. Right. And you just so happened to be working on this with him. Yeah. With him. And because he had this show and he had this fucking little following. I thought, oh, this person knows what the fuck they're talking about. Right, right. So, I mean, which is to like to be fair, I've made that mistake plenty of times where like you kind of, uh, it's kind of like uh, not clout. That's not the right word for it, but like, it's kind of like this perception you have of them mm-hmm. without knowing the whole story. Yeah, where exactly. You just see a part of it, and you're like, oh, they fucking got it. Yeah, exactly. That's the, yeah, that's the way I said. This is the way he presented himself and so I'm like, oh, he got it. He knows. He the one thing, the one thing I will take from him that he kind of did teach me, and I'm like, damn, that is kind of true, is that he he once told me he's like, there's a difference between being funny with your friends and then being funny with strangers. With your friends, you could easily just do like callbacks of like, yo, you remember back in the day, this, right, this, and right, this, right. or you can also say joke. shit that you know they won't get offended by. Exactly, you yeah. guys got the same sense. Exactly, of humor. you have right. like that inside joke type of relationship. Whereas with strangers, you can't be like, oh, you guys remember when Nino did this or Brian did this? Like, you can't. You have to build a world to these people, right? So that part, that's what scares me. That I'm like, dude, I don't think I can fucking do that because, and also like the whole pacing of it and the timing of it all. I feel like Yeah, but that's just that's just going on stage. That's not something that even if you even if you read up on it, you're gonna get good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's only gonna be by you going up there, figuring it out, mm-hmm. trial and error, trial and error. Okay, this not go up, this not what you know, like the the whole thing I'm saying about like sitting in silence on both sides. Sitting yeah. in silence to make you feel awkward. And bad for the audience and sitting in silence to make a joke sit and work for your favor. I've done both of those. I've been on both ends of the spectrum. When I did that five-minute set and it was ugly silence, and when I did that 35-minute set and it went very well, it's because I knew how to maneuver it. Yeah, yeah. But that came with experience. That mm-hmm. didn't come on some shit that I heard. Oh, I heard Joey Diaz say, so I'm going to do 
Like there Joey are certain Diaz, things you bro. can pick on. I fucking love Joey Diaz. Joey hands down one of my favorites. If you go to the, my bathroom right now, I have his autobiography. Like oh, tremendous, tremendous. I download, I downloaded that shit as soon as it yeah. came out. I listened yeah, to the same. whole thing. Like, you go to my people are like, who's that fat guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. bro. And I'm like, how fucking dare yeah, you, bro? That's, that's Uncle, Uncle Joey, Joey, bro. Dude. Hell Fuck yeah. yeah, man. Dude. Fuck. Cheers, to Cheers Uncle bro. Joey, Uncle bro. Joey, Fuck dude. Yeah. I, that, there's one comedian I always recommend to people, and I feel like it's always him, dude. Like he is love Joey. Talk about like. Say he's, what he's you like want. a hero of mine, bro. Just Say what the fuck you want and fuck everybody else, bro. Fuck everyone else yeah. and their little fucking cliques. Like, I'm not going to lie. Before I dive off too too far off this deep end, <laughs> um, I think I think you got a following, right? Like, you know you got a following. Mm-hmm. It's not that I think. I know you have a following. Yeah. I know Shout how out you to them, interact. Shout out, to, you Shout out to your followers, bro. Shout out to your listeners because I know that you reference them. I know they're with you. They fucking stay on top of your shit. They be sending you things. So yeah, you have I a follower. Them, you know what yeah. I mean? And dog, I really do think that like you can go out there and fucking jump on stage and like, yeah, you know what, bro? It's like riding a bike without training wheels. You know what? You're going to fall a few times. You're going to scrape yourself. It's going to hurt. But in a year, you're going to know how to ride a bike without training wheels. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think that that should be a thing that should ever stop you from doing this. I really like, I'm going to say like, I really push you to really maybe in 2024, Dog, if you don't want to be out here and be a fucking comedian, at least go to an open mic. Do one open mic. Get that shit off your bucket list. I think, you know what? I think I am going to do it. And as soon as you're ready. I'm not going to let anybody know. Don't let nobody know. Like, Bro, I'll you, let, you don't even got to let your girl know. You yeah, just I'm go not, by yourself. Ask, baby, I know you're listening. I'm not going to fucking She's a real one. She's yeah. listening. Yeah. But, dog, I'm telling you, dog, everything, like, there's a lot of people, and again, I always say this with, like, who the fuck am I? There's a lot of people out here like, oh, I'll be a comedian. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, all right, bro. Suck my dick. <laughs> but with you, bro, like, I really do go like, bro, you got people that back you. You got people that believe in you. And, like, you got this. You have this way of expressing yourself, of talking. Like, yeah. right now, this, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, this is better than doing an open mic. Hmm. Because you got more time. You get to be yourself. You get to express yourself. You can say things that's on your mind, and you're not rushed. You know, no, oh, yeah, I gotta yeah. get off stage and da 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 da. Yeah, bro, we're gonna have to take another break. We're about to. We're Let's an hour and thirty break. minutes, though. We talking. We talking. Bro. We talking, bro. We... All right, I guess we can get into it right now. Who to you? Do you have like a top five, or is uh, that like too hard? Like, do you love comedy so I mean, much? I mean, that... it is. It's it's a hard. It's a hard question to answer. Top five. Um, but for me, I think Dave Chappelle for sure yeah. at the top, no question. Aside from him, I go Cat Williams, bro. Pimp Chronicles, Pimp Chronicles two was just... my motherfucking shit. It's quip the chronic kind of like, bro. <laughs> he is just this shit go deaf. Yeah, you mean I'm gonna hit this shit twice and I <laughs> and I'm gonna die. Dude, my favorite one is when he gets so high he is he eats his kids' cereal. He's he like, said, these damn can... surgeons. Hey, man, these... <laughs> he said, it is easy to get high. It is not easy to get unhigh and eat up all your baby cereal. Bro, he is fucking them damn insurgents don't come, come in the house. <laughs> like dog. He's Cat fucking... Williams, hands down, got me through high school, made me a lot of friends because when I was younger and had a squeakier voice. I used to have like a very good Cat Williams impersonation. Oh yeah, Damn and I remember man. going to, to house parties and people being like, like my boy AC Andres Corrales. He's uh, he's a, a year above us, and he graduated high school. 
he actually ended up playing for Miami Dade College basketball team and shit. Nice. And I was a basketball announcer at that time. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was kind of like small world, like serendipitous. Like, oh, shit. Okay. You in, you're in your field of sports, and I'm in my field of sports. But yeah, we're yeah. here together. And uh, he used to always come around and hype me up and be like, yo, this is a Cat Williams guy. This is a Cat <laughs> Williams guy. And I used to just do Cat Williams. And Cat Williams was definitely one of, like, the biggest influencers. Um, Maniscalco, Sebastian Maniscalco, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, bro, the whole fucking grown little man, you know. Yeah. Oh, he said you got no nipples. That bro. one I remember being in high school, and that was that bro. was like a big one. That was huge. That was... I'm a grown little man was huge, bro. That and was... he definitely, I see, I can hear my, I can hear my sets. Excuse me, and I can watch my sets, and I can hear Cat, I can hear Maniscalco, I can hear Kevin Hart, um, definitely Chappelle. I can see the things I picked up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, Dane Cook. Dane okay. Cook was a big one for me, bro. Yeah, people t- people forget about Dane, and I know he gets like a lot of hate, but he was huge, no, bro. No, he he was, was... I mean, one of the biggest feats that everyone ever talks about with Dane Cook, which I didn't know up until a few years back, was that he sold out Madison Square Garden with $0 in advertisement. He took advantage of MySpace. Yep. And he yep. used that to his advantage. And he sold out. The Vicious Circle was in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And he sold that bitch out with zero dollars. All through MySpace, dude. All MySpace, he, word of mouth. And he fucking crushed he, it. He literally, people, like you said, people might not be. He changed the game. 1,000%. Because at that time period, I don't know if people knew, but like the way to get people into crowds was either advertisement or they would have to go on radio, radio yeah. you fucking go in on radio six in the morning seven in the morning eight in the morning yeah hoping that someone would be like oh let me go let check me go this buy guy. tickets to yeah. go see this guy who and i never heard dane of. was literally just he was actually interact I've, I've brought up dane cook before like he was interacting with these fans and people were like holy shit it's him and that was i don't think it was the first time because i know george carlin the time george carlin got kicked out of I forgot where it was, but I know he did the th- the 12 words you can't say on radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, motherfucker, cunt, some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, when, when it comes to, obviously, like, I know George Collin is, like, considered, like, like some people put him, like, in their Mount Rush. Oh, hands down. Yeah, me too. I, I'm one of those. You're one of those? Yeah. Like, I feel when it comes to him, it's, he was, like, a product of his time type of thing. For sure. Where, like, I listen to him, and I'm like, okay, I can understand I appreciate what he right, did right, like, right, right, right. and why you could see the influence he had on people, but, and for sure, unique, one of a kind. Like yeah. his way of comedy, like he was very, like he made you think type of comedy. It's also his influence, man. His mom was a teacher. Yeah. You know, so he, he was had a, a lot very of English smart background, yeah, and like writing a... and grammar. And like, if you look at his comedy, it's a lot of fucking, yeah. that's why I go like Maniscalco. He's a great comedian. But not because of his comedy right. It's yeah. because of how he says shit. He'll yeah. talk to you yeah, about like his mannerisms yeah. and stuff. The like... whole pacing yeah. and the can you believe who's doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you? so it's like the pacing and the tone and this and the act out of the joke. It's not cerebral. It's not a brain joke. It's mm-hmm. easy to watch, which mm-hmm. I understand. I'm that comedian. I'm not Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Is, will make you think. Will make you think. He'll yeah. bring out topics that people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. He'll tread that line and he'll tread it so finely 
But again, it's almost going back to what we we're saying about Shane Gillis. We're like, this is his style, and he can do it. Yeah. Same thing with Dave Chappelle. It's his style, and he can do it. And George Carlin as well. Yeah. They're so well written. It comes back to the beauty of comedy that they're so diverse. Right. Right. Like they're right, all right, doing right. the same art style, but completely different. Like one, it, it could be said like one's doing rock and roll, one's doing rap, one's doing tech. Like they have different ways of approaching it. Yeah. All just to get a laugh. I feel like, all right, so for me, it would go Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, Madison. Oh. Okay. Cat Williams, George Lopez, Kevin Hart, Maniscalco, and then who would be my fifth comedian that I kind of just go like, man, I can sit and listen to this guy all day. It's uh, tough, right? Like I've been like so yeah, many. Yeah, because I got a lot of names that come to mind, but like yeah. and I can sit there, watch his shit, and be like, damn. Um So while you're thinking about it, let me tell you my five while you're thinking about no. your fifth. So for me, <clears throat> Dave is always gonna be number one. Yeah, I don't even count him in yeah, this stuff. Da- yeah. Dave is yeah, in his Dave, own category. All right, Dave is Dave is Dave. Number two for me, Bernie Mac. Oh, you made me remember who my fifth was. Yeah. Okay. Bernie Mac. Kings Bernie Mac of, was a motherfucker. Kings of comedy. Holy shit. Bro. You said him downstairs. I said, <laughs> what? Dude, him. I always show people, you want some milk and cookies? You want like, some milk and cookies? Oh, my God. Dude, him like downstairs. him. Dude, and like the, the thing about him was he would do certain jokes because when it comes to like black comedians, there's certain like taboo things. Right. And he would say some shit that I was like, wow, I never thought I would hear. Like, he would make, like, him being gay jokes. Yeah. That I feel like you never hear when it comes. Like, he talks about, like, he's like, yo, you ever have a girl suck a dick so good that you're like, damn, bitch, give me a try. Like, shit like that. And I'm like, holy fuck. Yes. Dude, Bernie Mac up there, bro. I have to put Joey Diaz. Like I said, I fucking admire. I love Joey Diaz. And Joy Diaz, what, there's like two comedians in the, those in this in my list that not even watching them, just like listening to them. Because sometimes like I was like I'll be doing like homework or work, and I'll be listening to like stand up. There are two comedians that have made me laugh, like actually laugh. Like, oh my god! Like, uh, just by listening to them, he's one of them. Number three, and then number four, Patrice O'Neill. Oh man. Damn. Elephant in the room. Bro, he has that fucking joke where he's like, why they got to paint black guys all messed up with the dogs? You ever see a white lady? She's there kissing the dog in the mouth. Like, oh. He's like, oh, you bitch. You suck you this bitch. And then the black guy's like, come here, you motherfucker. I'm about to beat his ass. Dude, I that shit had me. My favorite Patrice bit that I know of is the restaurant bit. Wait, you What's said they got your mom. Uh, I think I'm probably oh, butchering spell it. Like, rest- spell restaurant. Spell like R E S. Ah, damn. I know. I know. Oh. Spell tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Bro, Dude. that shit killed me. Yeah, Patrice. Patrice. And then number fifth, which he's kind of like newish in a way, but he's been around for a while. It's Tom Segura. Oh. I love Tom. Dude, we saw him live and he is so. Side note. So I opened. I hosted a show for Tom Segura's Spanish opener. So okay. this girl named Christina Sanchez, shout out to Christina Sanchez. She is his, uh, or like not his official opener, but she's toured with him and has opened for him for his Spanish sets. Yeah. I was doing a Spanish show for three Puerto Rican women called the Triple Tota Tour. Holy shit. Yeah. 
and I was the host in Houston. Okay. Um, and that was the first legit Spanish show that I had done all Spanish. And uh, she was a headliner of that show. So shout out to her. Uh, but I had to throw that in here when you no, were talking about awesome. Tom Segura. No, yeah. But he's fucking hilarious. Killer, bro. And, but, killer. And a, one of the hardest working comedians. Dude, he is, always dude. has a fucking special out every 11 months type shit. Dude, bro. and we saw him live and he fucking destroyed. He had people rolling on the floor. Oh, just, so funny, dude. Dude, like, and like, effortless. And it's that, like, he's. I love, but he has like no stage presence. Right. Like, he's That's just there, thing. like. That's yeah, he's thing. like, so what's up, guys? And people are like, he's just like, hi. And the thing, kid, again, like, going back to the silence thing. Yes. People he, listen. Mm-hmm. People will shut yeah. the fuck up because he's not Maniscalco where he's yeah. like, or Cat, Cat Williams where he's like loud and saying, he's very like right here. Mm-hmm. He's going to talk to you like this and tell you something about happening to him. And that forces you to drop an ear and be like, yeah. what? What is the guy saying? I got to listen to what he's saying. And that's part of it. Yeah. And I also love, like, he does a lot of, like, callbacks. Oh. Like, he talked to him in his last stand-up. He talked about, like, his dad passing away. Mm-hmm. And he was like, son, I want you to know I've always been a fan of a big bush. And then in a later joke about talking about his kids, like, you knew grandpa, like, the big bush. And, like, I don't know, bro. Like, he is. That's the best part, bro. Yeah. The fucking weaving shit. Yeah. Putting yeah. shit in the back of your mind made you forget about it. Yeah, he is. And then drop that shit right back on you. I love it, man. Those so that's, are like, that's your fifth, you said? Yeah, he's my fifth. Like, those five, like, anything they put out, I'm like, I, I need to watch it as soon as possible. I so, don't... in my fifth one, and it's only right, is Joey. I'll say Joey Diaz. Mm-hmm. But encapsulated in Joey Diaz, which is the same reason why I like Bill Burr, is that fucking authentic, true, fuck you comedy. I don't care yeah, what you Bill... think. I'm going to say what I want. Bro, my wife got me tickets to see Burr. Oh, my God. I know Ashley won't because she doesn't like him. Oh, I like, don't I've tried. Him. I've tried showing. I feel like when, when it comes to Bill, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like he's like a guy comedian. Like, I've tried showing I him. I can see that argument. Yeah. I could see that argument being made. To be fair, not a lot of women are out here talking like him. You know, so to say he's a guy comedian, I get it. I don't necessarily agree 100%, but same thing with Joey. Like, and that's why I have to put Joey over Bird because I feel like Joey relates to me more. I'm not from Boston. I'm not a white guy. I'm a Cuban, well, half Cuban. I'm half Cuban, half Chileno. Mm -hmm. But I'm 50, I tell everybody, I'm 51% Cuban, 49% Chileno. I think Cuban overtakes a little bit. The Cuban takes the Cuban a lot always, of it, but yeah. like, and then seeing Joey and the way he has his mannerisms and the way he talks and the Spanish shit is like, he something. looks like he could be your uncle, right? Like it feels like it a hundred percent. I've written notes to Joey and I've oh, sent him awesome. Facebook yeah. messages yeah. about like for that time being in that time frame, he helped me amend uh, relationships with one of my cousins who was very shitty, but had a very dark past like Joey Diaz. And Joey Diaz came out on the other end of it much better mm-hmm. and gave me hope to be my cousin. Well, hope that my cousin could have that life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My cousin's not Joey Diaz, so we're not cool today. But mm-hmm. in that time period when I was listening to Joey, he did that where I went like, do you almost sound like somebody in my family? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I yeah. could listen to you. So that's the only reason the Cuban thing and the shit that I relate to the most is like inches him out over Burr yeah. for my number five. 
but it's the same thing where they just go like, this is who I am. This is my truth. Like when Burr and Joey Diaz get mad that they start rattling the ranting, up. Yes, dude, I love it. That's bro. I'm me here. when I start talking about the restaurant industry, bro. I remember my girl coming to my shows and being like, all right, bro, when you get into the restaurant shit, you don't even sound like you're trying to be funny. You just sound you're, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're yelling. And I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take that because I know where the limit is and I'll tone it down. Because, yeah. dog, I start talking about customers and how they don't tip and the fucking shitty kids. No, no, yeah. I don't know if you know. I did an episode with, shout out to Freddie, that he's been a server at multiple. Oh, shit. I haven't yeah. got a Freddie's episode, but yeah. I saw, yeah, Freddie Alimano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple. Shout out to Freddie. Yeah, Me and him to... were drunk dancing so many times at different random bro, spots Freddy's in Miami. Sh- yeah, bro. Freddie's the shit. And he's worked at multiple yeah. spots. And, dude, and have, real spots. Yeah, I have nothing but admiration for anybody that 100%. works in the restaurant business because Fuck, man. People are fucking dicks, dude. Like They're stupid. They're yeah, fucking no. stupid. Yeah, I I believe that. On and it's like a mixture of like stupid and entitled. Mm, of thinking, wow. of yeah. thinking like they stupid come in and entitled. Yeah, they come yes. in and I don't know. Maybe trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they had a shit day at work nah. or something like that. Or maybe they're just dicks. Yeah. And then they walk in and they, they want you to like get down on your knees. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. their soles of their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a fucking uh, a lemonade and half a sandwich. And and you want me to fucking kiss your toes yeah, dude, for $17 like, when the tip is going to be $3.40 and you're dropping a dollar on me like you're doing a favor? Suck my dick. You see what I mean? This is what happens yeah, when I start talking I about see fucking you. people. I see that vein popping. I hate that <laughs> fucking shit, bro. I fucking hate customers. Oh, my God. Customers are always right is the worst no, yeah, fucking. For sure. it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Bro. Oh, my God, bro. I tell everybody, one of the rules in life, everyone should wait tables. Everyone should work retail or wait tables. Pick one. But that's how you come face to face with America's stupidity and see what the fuck is out there, bro. I remember one time I had a lady that got mad at me. I worked for fucking Nordstrom, bro. Nordstrom. She got mad at me like I was Sebastian Nordstrom. Like I was part of their family. And I gave her a fucking plastic straw. And she's like, oh, it, don't tell me this is plastic. And I was like, yeah, this is a plastic straw. I'm, I'm, like, I'm kind of like, I got six other tables. What the fuck are you talking to me about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, well, you know that there's other um, materials that they could use out there that's more environmentally friendly. Like uh, there's paper and a glass dog this bitch looked at me in my eyes and said a glass straw and my first thought was like what happens if the glass straw chips and then i was like maybe you should drink some yeah. fucking glass to cut your stupid fucking vocal cords from fucking talking and saying no. dumb shit like glass straw i can't believe bro yeah, no, and she she was probably proud that she said that too. Oh, bro, she thought <laughs> she was a motherfucking bro. She didn't know you get points for writing your name on the SAT. Yeah. That bitch was dumb, dumb as fucking rocks. Yeah, dude, I can't even imagine the shit that you guys have to put up with. Just... Oh, and then like you, you guys got to keep like a straight face. Oh, yeah, you guys, like just gotta hold it. And in, this like... ain't Chili's. This is Nordstrom, so yeah. it's kind of like, oh, Nordstrom, we're fucking, you know, we're fancy uh... and people spend lots of money. People are fucking stupid. The more motherfucking money they have and the more privilege they have, the dumber they are, bro. Yeah. I feel like that's why some people like working at Waffle House. Like, I dare her to go into a Waffle House bro. and say she's going to get a fade, get dude. You, know, you get a Waffle. Send her to Denny's, bro. Yeah. That's what the fuck they'll send her ass. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, that's fucking insane. But I'm sure, like, so you get, like, a lot of material being at work, though? Uh, 
so now I started working for a call, like not, it's not a call center, but pretty much doing a call center type of job where I'm like talking to people and like, I'm not making as much money as I was waiting tables, but I also go like, I'm not dealing with as much dumb people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Like I'm, I take, I end the phone call and it's done. You know what I mean? Like there's times where I dealt with somebody who like challenged me in front of the whole restaurant. He said I was wrong. He fucking got the receipt pointed at me. It was like, you're wrong. And I was like, Dude, and this was like six months before I knew I was going to leave the restaurant in this year, like four months before I knew I was going to leave. And I was like, no fucking way this guy's going to tell me that. And like, I explained myself and he was like, no, you're wrong. And like, the thing is that I, he, he called me aside. I explained it to him. I walked around the restaurant, took care of my other tables. Then he tells me again that I'm wrong, but now he stands up to me and I explain it again. And then he finally like gets up in front of a whole restaurant. He's like, you're wrong. And I'm telling you wrong. And da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, this mother. And then whatever. Long story short, he was wrong. I was right. My assistant manager had to get involved. He knew I was right. He told him he was wrong in a more polite way because he's an assistant manager. And that motherfucker sat at my table the following motherfucking Monday. There he goes in my section. I remember as soon as I saw him walk in. Yeah, bro. You like there's certain people that just fucking stay with oh, you, right? One thousand percent. Yeah. He looked like Charles Manson. He goes into my section with his poor wife. I'm so sorry for his wife. She fucking deals with this piece of shit every single day. Yeah, bro. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's got good money and that's why she's legging it yeah. out. But whatever. You know, it's like when you stay for with the company for the pension. Anyway, right? <laughs> she's there. He's there, and he sits in my section. And I looked at the service and I said, "Dog, who do you who wants it? I'm not getting it. I'm not taking care of this fucking guy." You can get the fuck out of my face. And I don't have to deal with that today. I make less money, but I deal with less bullshit. Yeah, there's less stress in your life, bro. Bro, I'm telling you. Working the restaurant industry, people are fucking dumb. They're entitled. They don't know. And like a few times, like I was young I, when I started working and I was like, what? You, you want honey mustard? I mean, I don't have any, but I'll, I'll get some honey and some mustard and I'll make it myself. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, we, we don't have mustard or honey. You can get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you, bro. Yeah. That's what the restaurant industry does to me. Uh, but then just going back to the Joy Diaz thing, this is why I love Joy Diaz because yeah, yeah. this energy right here is what I bring on stage. Yeah. And that's when my wife's like, you're kind of scaring people. And I'm like, good. I so should. your wife goes to watch you and stuff? Oh, bro. My wife went to watch me even before we were officially dating. Like we were just talking and she went to that place, Artistic Vibes, okay. the place that I first went to. That was at every Thursday, Mike. And um, I had been doing comedy for about like, uh, so I did comedy for a year. Then I worked on a podcast for about a year. And then nice. I jumped back into comedy for mm-hmm. uh, now going on six years. So uh, when I met her, I had just started picking back up in comedy. Uh, oh, no. This was before I took the hiatus to go do the podcast. But anyways, I had been doing comedy for about a year. And she was like, you're, you're just going to go up there and talk to people? And I'm like, yeah. And she went to the first one and like, she goes, she doesn't go to all of them, obviously at this point, but like, if it's a big show, especially like if I got shows in Dallas or San Antonio, shit mm-hmm. like that, that require a drive, she'll come with me to come show love. Um, but she's a little over it. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. seen it. She's heard it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but she definitely supports me. A thousand percent. No, that's awesome. That's and like I, the most important thing. Yeah, dog. It's important. That's but important. like, why well, remember one time I like, I did a sound I'm like, man, that shit was fire. That shit was good. And she was like, mm. It was okay. Dude, that's how it been with me and Ashley. I'm like, that. I think that episode was good. Fuck, you mean and, it was yeah. okay? And this she shit was, was like, great. Yeah. And they're like, mm. 
But sometimes you need like that outside, like hundred percent. I need it, like, because sometimes Astro will be like, you know, I don't think that one was that good, and then people later on will be like, you know, that one wasn't that good. And yeah, like, fuck, she was right. The best thing, like they say, bro, behind every great man is a great woman behind him. Yeah, with a sandwich, so <laughs> and coffee. Yo, shout out to my boy, uh, Mike Rife. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, I always feel like a big. I'm very spiritual. I'm very. I don't know where you stand. <laughs> I don't know where you stand with like uh, spirituality or anything like that. Um, I'm not sitting here and telling you I read a Bible. I use the Bible as a tool. I don't think it's the end all be all. Mm. I also look at other sorts of like universal languages and shit. And I'm big into the universe. And I think that um, a woman, in our case, a woman behind us supporting our dreams, supporting what we want is definitely a huge foundation to what we're trying to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having a partner like that next to you, and regardless of what, if you're into men, if you're into women, 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 men, men, I don't give a fuck. The point being that it's a, a symbol of a person who's behind you to help you build these dreams no, up. I like that. And, and they'll tell you, yo, I think that shit was, like, I'm sorry, but like, I think that shit was kind of whack. Mm-hmm. And I think it was kind of whack because of da 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 da. And that shit hurts. I'll be the first one to say, like, bro, that shit hurts when my girl tells me that. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you mean? I just went out there for 20 minutes and I had these people rolling. And she was like, yeah, you had them rolling, but you didn't have me rolling. And Ooh. I know you did the shit that you thought was safe. I know you did the jokes Damn, you thought man. was going to work, so you did them. You didn't push new jokes. You didn't do this. You didn't do it's that. It's kind of like an ego check, right? Like, don't get fucking caught up. Like, That's you, you know you bro. did your shit, but That's what you could have done bro. better or... Like stop they, playing and safe, like you, you said. You need yeah. somebody, whether that's your best friend, whether it's a girl, whether it's a guy, whether it's your family. You need somebody in your corner, yeah, yeah. Regardless of what it is, that's on your team. That's gonna tell you. I think you could improve here. I think you could improve here. It was good. It wasn't great. Yeah. And I got off stage like I did great. And mm. then that car ride home. She's like, you know, shit. Yeah, I'm gonna write a mama. Does she like turn. comedy too, or oh yeah, you get loves, her into comedy? No, no, no. My girl yeah. loved. I mean, my father in law loved comedy. Like we talk comedy all the time. Me and my father in law. So like, okay, through him, she learned comedy, and she has like her taste. And there's so many times that she'll go out and she'll be like, "Yeah, that guy's not that funny. Why did that guy say that?" And like she'll see somebody and be like, "I don't like." All right, Hans Kim, right? Mm-hmm. Hans Kim, one of the biggest people of Kill Tony, yeah, killing it right now. And the whole nine. Um, I'm sorry, bro. We're gonna run over two hours. We can edit this, but I I need to get into this story. No, go right ahead, right, bro. Cool. No, we're good. So, um, bro, do you mind if I have that last beer? Go right I ahead. I feel so. bad. Do no, bro, liquor? go right ahead. No, no, wait, why you want something? I just don't want to take that last. No, beer take it, yours, take it, bro. You know, take it. You sure? Take, take that shit. I'm just fucking take that shit. I see you getting in your groove, bro. That's what we do here at Bathroom. Break. I know, bro. This shit's this is I want people this what you're doing out. This is what the sh- I want the show to That's be. That's why I go like, bro, you built you built the environment for it, bro. No, I love it. It's I not love on thank some you. Bullshit. No, thank you. Like um, this is what I want. I always tell people that you know, people hit me up and they're like, I'm thinking about coming on the show, but I'm nervous with this, and I'm like, You're talking about yourself. That's it. Like I that's all I want people to do. Man, I've been craving this for a little minute. Um being able to have an interaction like this. Yeah. Um, so my girl, we we do a show, right? I do a show. Hans Kim's there. Okay. Already a regular at Kill Tony. You know, he's fucking I think he had already done the show with Joey Diaz, Tony, Joe Rogan in Atlantic City. Big guy. And I'm I'm excited. I'm like, oh shit. I got hit up from a local guy. He's not even a comedian. He just puts events together. 
And he's like, yo, I liked, I did a show with him like four months, five months prior. Excuse me. And he goes like, yo, you want to come back? It's a hookah lounge mm-hmm. in Austin. You want to come back? I was like, yeah. And he doesn't tell me who's on it, nothing. He just tells me you want to come. I say, yeah. He sends me the flyer a few weeks later. Hans Kim's on it. And I'm like, like, fire. I'm like, dog. Like a little bit of me is like, I don't like to like, you know, dick ride or anything. Like that's never been my MO. Mm-hmm. I think if I dick ride, I would have been a way, I, I would be currently right now way more popular better comedian than what i'm at right now but i refuse to do that shit okay and it's almost like a flaw mm. uh but i'm excited i'm like bro Hans kim's gonna be there i'm gonna be able to talk to you i mean mind you i've been signing up for kill tony every for the most part every monday or every other monday for weeks on end so i'm like oh shit it's Hans kim he's gonna see me i'm gonna do well yada 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 bro Hans kim doesn't show up till like two minutes before his set he does his set and he rides out Damn. We didn't get to interact with, which I get it. I'm like, he's probably gonna go fucking smoke with Joe Rogan. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. I, I'd rather fucking smoke with Joe Rogan than hang out with these schmucks. <laughs> I get it. So my girl, whatever, he goes up, and uh, he was a closer of the night. And then my girl, like, we get in the car. My girl's like, I mean, like, he really wasn't anything out of this world. Like, yeah, I don't see what the hype is about. And I was like, damn. Like fuck, this guy's like a regular on fucking Kill Tony. Yeah, this guy's out Monday here opening he's up. The show. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and she's out here like, bro, like, nah, man, like, it don't do it. She saw, we, bro, she took me to see Kevin Hart in San Antonio at the AT and T Center. She took me to see Kevin Hart, and I'm like, man, god damn, damn, that was so hype. Like, bro, I seen, like, shout out to my girl. She's taking me to see Joe Rogan. She's taking me to see Kevin Hart, Bill Burr, Joey Diaz. We got tickets to see Joe Coy once we're back in town. Fire. My girl has, like, ex- exceeded my comedy goals and some with my idols and everything. Yeah. yeah. So we we leave from Kevin Hart, and, and, like, I don't even think we got to the car before she's like, nah. Holy shit. Didn't do it for me. I'm like, a tough critic, man. <laughs> I said, what? I was like, he say he ain't got no nipples type yeah. shit. Like, what the fuck you mean? She was like, nah, man, doesn't do it for me. And I was like, I told her, I was like, I get it. I feel like, again, it, I'm like a fan of Kevin Yeah, Hart. that always adds I'm a fan to girl. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it to another level because it means something more to me. That's why I told you to have that motherfucking baby. No, no, can you pass me the water? Oh, yeah. It's my man's version. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh-huh. Thank you, Mindy. <laughs> Where's that from? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Seriously, do you really want to get into this right now? Come on, bro. Where's it from? The greatest movie of all time. Of all motherfucking of all time, time, bro. My my listeners are so over me talking about super bad, dude. dude. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I saw. I got so jealous when I was listening to the Gerson and Boo Boo. Yeah, I had. I had to. Super bad. I was like, yo. I, dude, that to me is the greatest comedy movie of all Hands time. Down. I down, I illegally downloaded <laughs> Super Bad onto my laptop to watch it at Gerson's house. For, yeah, back like in two thousand and like seventeen or something like that. Yeah, that, we had a whole fucking movie night, like half a fags. It was just us. It was Boo Boo, Bismarck, Gerson, and I. And other than Bismarck, we were all quoting the fucking movie every other scene. No, yeah. Is that any time I see them, I know I'm gonna minimum, minimum, minimum. I'm gonna hear like ten. Oh, super bad. You drink, you drink. You drink. Is he that you like drink. good shit, Maroki? Right, Maroki. Right, yeah. Like, like yeah, dude, dude. And it's like the most obscure thing, and like it's so niche. Yeah, and it's things that like obviously like people that have seen the movie 
they know like I am McLovin, like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no. Get no, out of here with that shit, dude. Seven dollars is what you have? What the? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have, dude. That's all I have. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm a nice guy. That's my <laughs> dude. fucking dude. I love it, bro. When you're like, like, you look familiar. Yeah, you're Jimmy's brother, brother right? the singer. Bro. My brother drove all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona. You're not going to sing for him? Bro, right? Dude, that... Fuck, Bro, when that song comes on, these eyes... Like, yeah, (laughs) dude. I bust into acapella, no question, bro. I sing that shit to the court. All right. Uh, Fuck. Um, All right, hold on. We'll take a little break and we'll get back into it. We'll be right motherfucking back. We'll be right back. Yo, we've been talking. We've been talking for, for a while. This, <laughs> you see what I said? I'm 51% Cuban. This Duh. is the 51%. No, but I, I love it. Like I love the fact that... We've just been flowing, bro. Exactly. This I love the is. fact that you can come on and just talk. This is how Drake and Future felt when they when they recorded What a Time to Be Alive. That album is just... Man. Oh, my God. Look, I'm a, I know you're a big Drake fan. I know. I can already tell you. When somebody says that, they go like, I fucking hate Drake. <laughs> it's not... Look, it's not that it. I He's don't... He's so unlikable, dude. I no. totally get it. The thing when it comes to Drake is I have to admire him. He, When he first came out, I thought he was going to be around for a little while. I'm not even going to lie to you. When Best I Ever Had, like I, thought, I remember the I, music video when he came out, I was I like. I said he was, I was like, yo, that music's kind of gay. The minute yeah. I've heard Best I Ever Had, the first time I ever heard it. First time, first listen, I said, oh, this guy's I remember gay. I listened to that and I love for Drake. most people that started listening to Drake during that time period. He didn't have that many rap songs. Like all he had was like R and B stuff, mm-hmm. like yeah. his mixtapes and stuff like that. So I was like, I I can't get into it. And then I think he dropped was a Houston Atlanta Vegas, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh shit, okay, November eighteenth, mm. fire. I was like, oh shit, okay. And but once again, I thought, okay, here's this guy that, because really think about it, from Young Money, just who him him and Nicki, yeah. Like all the people forget, like they had a whole Dog, roster. They had a roster. They had a whole bro. roster. I mean, look at Bedrock. Yeah, yeah. I think We're... Bedrock had Tyga. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit, Tyga. Yeah. Had I guess Wayne. Tyga. I know Justin Bieber was signed to Young Money for a little bit too. Yeah, but other, everyone forgets about everybody else. So I thought, okay, here's this guy that, and right. then I, I heard he had been in Degrassi and stuff like that. So I was like, awesome loser shit too. Like, I was like, fuck? oh, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, I was like, like what a loser, dude. In a fucking Can, Canadian. You can't even walk. Soap opera. Teen soap opera. They have guns in Canada. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what they call bacon? Like fucking ham. Canadian, Canadian fucking ham. Losers up there. Oh no, Canadian bacon is ham. It's ham. And I'm like, bunch get the of, fuck out of here. Bunch all of ham. maple drinking dorks up there. You're fucking, what's that a boot, eh? And, yeah, and I'm like, so you're telling me this Canadian guy from Degrassi is going to be the future rap? I didn't believe it. Fair and enough. He's Me too. And I will admit it, he's proved everyone wrong. Right, right. Whether right. you hate him or not, he is rap. Yeah, I mean, as a Drake fan, I will say. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> put, like, when people say, like, who's your favorite rapper? I'll never say Drake. I'll never say Drake. I say Drake's my favorite artist. Because he can tap into like so many different genres. Did you like, see that picture of him with Morgan Waller? And people were like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Who's me? Morgan Waller, dude? Like he's like this big country guy. Like he's the... oh yeah, where he's wearing the where he's wearing the yeah hat. yeah. He... Bro, if Drake drops a country album, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like like you said, he is he is he knows how to. His bro. marketing team is. Him but and Taylor Swift like, are like up He's there. almost like, bro, I know you're a big Pokemon fan. He's like Ditto. Yeah, you know what can... I mean? Like, he knows how to match other people's shit. Like, bro, you ain't never going to see J. Cole do a love song where he's, like, singing and shit. 
No, but J. Cole, this is a J. Cole album. It doesn't household. mean that J. Cole this can't. This is, bro. See, man, this is uh, a What's J. that fucking song? Um, that they have together? or No, the... no, 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 no. J. Cole, where he's talking about the girl that he wanted to fuck, man, in middle school. And she oh, said um, Wet no. Dreams. Wet Dreams. Wet Dreams. Come on, now. Yeah. That's a love song without being a love song. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like, I'm not saying he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He can't do it the way Drake do it, where he be singing. No, 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 yeah. of course, of course. But like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a motherfucking J. Cole fan. I was the first motherfucker that got pissed at Ticketmaster when I found out that after I went to go see Drake and Lil Twenty One Savage, which I'm not a big Twenty One Savage fan. Oh, you don't like, I like him? I like him. I don't want to see him in concert. <laughs> I'm only there for Drake, and I took a piss during his. Yeah, you know, I gotta go pee pee right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I've been holding it. I'm gonna go pee while Twenty One's yeah. on stage because I don't really know his songs like that. I can't sing along. And Dude, isn't that isn't that thing getting older? Wait, hold on, tell me. Isn't that a thing getting older? Oh, you're you like, gotta pee? I'm like, I gotta go pee, bro. <laughs> like, Dog. you're like, I don't want to miss this, but I really have I to I was just in an episode of Theo Vaughn and Tucker Carlson on this past weekend with yeah. Theo Vaughn's uh, podcast, and they talked about peeing at one point, and like, I was like, I'm not there yet, but I'm on the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hear what they're talking about peeing and the stream, and the and I'm like. Fuck! I'm almost there. Like, yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm like a solid like seven years away from being there before I start dealing with these things, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely signs. Again, going back to Drake, signs of the motherfucking time. Yeah, once especially like, bro, you're at a concert, you've been drinking, dog. Like, you got to drink. You know, once you pop the. To be fair, out. I got hung over the night before we saw Drake, and uh, or or two nights before Drake, so I didn't drink the next night, and then the. The second night after the hangover was the uh, the concert, mm-hmm. and I couldn't drink like I wanted to. My body just didn't want to drink like like even if I was gonna pour shots down, my body was gonna say no. Yeah. So I was pretty sober for the most part. Like you I don't really want to throw up at a Drake concert. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> only if Twenty One is on stage because like, <laughs> you can afford it. Like, you can afford to miss that yeah. part of the concert. No, no offense to Twenty One. I did the same thing when I want to see Drake and uh, I think Future. Um, but regardless. Um, how did we get into Drake? That's what I'm saying. We, 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 we were talking about um something else prior to that. Um, I am honestly blanking how we got into man, and Drake. I knew I had I had it I had brought it back in my head because I was like, oh, I'm gonna bring it back. I know where we was at, bro. You know, I I've noticed a problem sometimes. Ashley will tell me where she's like, bro, you guys start talking about a, a topic and you right, go on women. on rants. No, that's but she's women. like, you just go on like these rants and stuff. And, and get off topic. Back. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, just I didn't want to blame it on myself until yesterday. I I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. And they're pretty like time restricted. Right. And dude, I had those people talking. Like we hit past two hours and they were like, I haven't we've never gone past two hours. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that's on me. Then <laughs> like I'm like, I could talk some shit. Right. I'm like, I could talk. I could talk for fucking hours, bro. No. I mean, like, dog, it's honestly, it's felt like maybe 45 minutes that we've been here. Yeah. It's been it, almost two hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest compliment somebody can give me. They're like, I didn't even feel it. Dog, not at all. Not at all. Like, I've heard was, that so much in my life. I didn't even feel it. Like, same, <laughs> bro. Same. Well, I did. That's yeah. all I care about. Like, well, I finished. Good night. Good motherfucking night. And, and I good turn luck. around. I'm gonna take off like my the fucking. Good night and good luck. That was a song on Drake's uh, "Heartbreak Drake" at one of them, one, two, or three. All right, so we were talking about Drake and um, 
we're saying this is a J. Cole household, which I love J. Cole, by the yeah. way. Hands down. I think J. Cole, way better lyricist. Or no, not way. I'm not going to say way. But better lyricist than Drake, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I definitely got him above Drake on the rap radar type shit. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back to where I, I, I remember. We were talking about Hans Kim. My girl not being yeah, the right. biggest fan of him. Us having to have a good supporter in our corner to do what we want to do specifically in this like media world that we're chasing and communications. Um, How are those interactions with other comedians? Is there a lot of like... Is... It depends. It depends on who the comic is, to be honest. Yeah. Like Hans Kim is very to himself. Like he's very much like... He's not an asshole. Uh-huh. He's just he doesn't necessarily want to talk to a bunch of people. Yeah. So he's just to himself. But you could tell like he's to himself naturally. Like that's mm-hmm. not what he wants to do. Um now I remember. So the whole Hans Kim, Hans Kim things. We do the show, nothing crazy. He goes up, does his time, he leaves. My girl's like, ah, nothing crazy. I was like, Yeah, you know what? Not really. And um I say all this to say I ended up getting on Kill Tony. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to bring it up. Oh, bro. I never want to bring it up. You never. I never for the rest of my life want to bring it up, but I have to bring it up. You know what I mean? So for the listeners who don't know what Kill Tony is, you essentially sign up every single Monday. There's like, it started off like a hundred and change. And then it ended up being like almost closer to 300 when they moved to the mothership. It is comedians. an awesome show. Yeah, it's a, a, of the comedians that sign up. Essentially, these comedians get their names pulled out of a bucket. They go on stage. They have 60 seconds to do a joke. After that, they have about a 10-minute interview with a special guest plus Brian Redben and Tony Hinchcliffe to critique them. Cool. I had signed up, if I'm not mistaken, 34 times when I got pulled. Um... And that's not 34 Mondays in a row. There was a couple of times where like I had something come up on a Monday, whatever. But it had been over a year consecutively that I yeah. had. Or not consecutively, but a year that I had been signing up. You would sign up at the Vulcan too? Yeah. That's what the original spot yeah. I would go to, the Vulcan. So in the Vulcan, you could sit inside. They had pits where the comedians, when you walked in, you would get put off to the right, put off to the left. You would sit there. And then you could actually, depending on where you were in the pit, you could see the show. Okay. So, um, I did a number of Kill Tony signups. I saw a number of episodes, whatever. And every Monday I'd wake up with like, today's the day, today's the day. And I never get picked and I never get picked. And then finally one day I did get picked and I'm sitting there at the bar next door. This is at the mothership. And, um, they how go, crowded is that bar? Because they say like, uh, sometimes like there's like 200 people. That yeah. It's, up, right? it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crowded. Yeah, because yeah, they have two floors. Yeah. So, like, you have, like, the bottom, it's a swarm of fucking yeah. people. And what, someone, like, rushes in and they yell out the yeah, name? Yeah, so one of the, one of the <clears throat> door guys next door, shout out my boy Colt. Uh, Colt, I don't know if he's still the door guy. I'm pretty sure he still is. But Colt, he works for the mothership. He would, and him and I worked together at Vulcan mm-hmm. separately. So he worked for Vulcan, and I worked for this comedy company called Big Laughs, and I used to be an usher, so I checked okay. people's tickets or whatever. And we used to like talk shit all the time. Super cool guy. So Colt ends up being the door guy that day. And Colt walks up. He goes up and um, he says, like, next comic coming up to the stage. See Bass Matar, you're the next comic. Bro, and how is I had just ordered a fucking Johnny Walker double. Cause 
Bro, this is the 34th time I've yeah, seen you're, I'm you're, not getting picked. Right? Yeah. That's my thought. I'm not getting picked. And they fucking call my name, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that's me. Yeah. Like, that's fucking me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm like, all right. I'm like, I shoot the fucking shot back. At this point, the alcohol, it's kind of like when you watch something happen when you're drunk, and it sobers you up. It's the same thing. I'm sobered up right now. I don't even feel that second shot of fucking, or third shot of Johnny Walker. And I'm like, all right, here we go. You get to the, you go behind the door, you go backstage before mm. you walk into the club. They like take everything out of your pockets, put it in this basket, whatever. All right, cool. You go in, they put a little band on you and you go up these stairs, right? There's another comedian already on the stage, right? Let's say like this door mm-hmm. and there's drapes and there's a guy with a headset and he tells you, all right, bro, there's an X right here. Soon as that comedian gets off, I'm gonna hold the curtain open. You're gonna walk in, and your the the microphone is gonna be like directly to you, a little to the right, and that's all you do. Mm-hmm. You go up there, you grab the mic, and you do your shit. I was like, all right, cool. So the guy gave me a countdown. He went five, four, right. As soon as he went five, I high fived him. Oh shit, dude! And he started laughing. He's like, no, 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 four, three. Two. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm so nervous, shit. right? I'm in my head and I'm thinking, like, what joke am I going to do? Where do I go? Do I do this? Do I do that? So I have a joke called, like, the premise of it is pretty much just to explain who I am. Seabass, C-B-A-S, can't buy anything expensive. All right, nice. that's the joke. <laughs> I go on stage, I do my bit, whatever. Not the greatest bit. I'm, the, I'm technically the first bucket pool of the night because the guy who went on before me was the new regular. So he goes up. I'm not going to uh, hold back from saying this. The guy did ass. If you look at episode 621, he goes up, he does ass. He gets no laughs, and you can kind of tell he's trying to force it. Whatever. Cool. But he's like the new Austin regular. Oh, Tony's like, that's how you do it. Whatever. Calls me up. Crazy thing is that when he calls me up, there's like 200 names in this bucket. Yeah, I was going to say, because I saw the yeah. episode. It, this was the crazy part. So he... That the buckets there with all the names, he goes in, a piece of paper goes flying off. Right, a piece of paper goes flying off. Someone hands it to him. He puts it. He, I think he reads it and he's like, "No, I'm gonna put this back." Then puts his hand in again and picks out that piece of paper again. And he's like, "I gotta call his name." And right, it's you and it's Seabass. Right, and I don't know if this is like. 10 years down the line, you, you it, it's one of those success stories where you're like, wow, you know, or 10 years down the line, I'm not doing comedy no more and go like, that was God telling you, you should have never been a fucking oh, shit, comedian. Dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was one of those two. Um, but I'm not going to look at it that way. I'm going to look at it like there was a purpose. I got picked that night and everything, right? I'm very serendipitous and he picks my name. It was, I, just, it was meant to literally I heard it was meant him to be. say the thing about like the bucket pool because I can't see nothing. We don't get to see what's going on anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, we like people see because it's on YouTube. We right. saw the name falls. He puts it back in. He's like, yo, I picked up the same name again. When I watched my episode, I, I never watched. Well, obviously, I couldn't watch it because it wasn't streamed yet. But I essentially watched it live. I have a video somewhere on my laptop of mm. me watching it live and reacting to it. So he pulls my name out, see Bass Matar, I go up, I do my bit, and um, nothing crazy. I didn't crush. I definitely fumbled the bag. Like, it was not how I anticipated it, bro. I did the me- fucking meditation. This is how it's going to go, and this is what yeah. you're going to tell. Like, one of the questions he said was, like, what's interesting about you? And I remember freezing because the whole time in my head, I'm going, like, 
how am I going to say something that's not going to make me look like an asshole and trying to be funny? Yeah. Right. Because once you bomb the set, they don't want you to be funny in the interview. Mm -hmm. They hate that shit. So the whole time I'm thinking like, how am I going to be funny? If I try to be funny, is he going to think I'm an asshole? How do I, is the audience going to like me? So I'm thinking all these things. And he tells me like, what's interesting about you? Mind you, I went over this answer tons of times when I was at Vulcan because I saw the show. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, oh, that was me. I would have said, my answer was going to be, I used to be a flag boy for the Dolphins. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's a unique thing. No, that would have been. How many people do you know who are flag boys? And he's from Cleveland, so I know he's a Browns fan and he knows how shitty they are and I know how shitty the Dolphins are. So it's kind of something you think you can link on. But do you think it's one of those things that you have it so planned in your head that when it finally comes, was your mind like a blank at that point? Yeah. I honestly don't blame you at all. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I would, it, any, it, anybody it went blank, and bro. I feel like anybody and everybody that would have been put in that situation of it's one thing knowing, okay, they're gonna call me up. Right. Right. They're right, gonna right, call right. me up, so know, I need a mentally prepared. I gotta be ready for that. Instead of you, you're here chilling, you've already signed up a million times, basically. Yep. Never gotten called up. They finally call you, you're like, oh shit. Got caught with my pants down, bro. Yeah, you're like, fuck. <laughs> like, that's the way I see it. I got caught That's with my way. pants down. Don't get me wrong. I will say, I fucking fumbled the bag, thousand percent. Like I'll look, at, like when I watched it back, I was like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but you fumbled the bag. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, they ain't no fucking excusing this. You fumbled the fucking bag. And then when we started doing the interview portion, and he starts telling me all these questions, I felt like I didn't give him what they wanted. You know, some people are willing to out when he's like, oh, what's the craziest thing? Like, I mean, like, dog, you're asking me what the craziest thing I did with my wife in the bedroom was. Yeah. <laughs> dog, I'm not going to put my wife out like that. I know people who know about Kill Tony, who know that I do comedy, who want to see me on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think I'm about to tell them, like, yo, my wife did X, Y, Z to me. Like, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, I'm not going to sell out for the to get Tony to laugh at me. Yeah. There's a lot of characters who go up. It's not everybody, but I've seen there's a lot of characters who go up there to get a laugh and get and get the approval of the audience and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like, granted, I didn't crush my set by no stretch, but I definitely, hands down, got more laughs than the first comic who went up before me, who's like the quote unquote new regular. It's not something, it, it's not something I'm opinionated about. It's something that you could literally like factually check. Like, all right, how many laughs did he get? Three. Okay. How many lives did I get? Okay, five. You can count them. It's it's not something that I'm just making up. Yeah, it's something when, that if you watch the episode, you can hands down see. Yeah, when you're up there, are you what do you look at? I couldn't see the audience. I could see the front row. Yeah, yeah. And I was looking towards the back of the room, but bro, honestly, it was all like black. Like even you when got you're the doing, lights yeah. on you. Let's say you're doing like a regular set. Do you like fixate or something, or are you looking at people's faces? No, I, I always try to look at people's faces. I always try to make eye contact with people because it forces them to pay attention to you. Okay, because it's yeah, almost yeah. like, oh shit, he sees me. Like, oh, oh, oh shit, he's paying attention to me. Yeah. So I got to pay attention to him. Exactly. Okay. okay. Right? Okay. Like, it forces them to almost pay attention to you. And I always try to do that. I always, even in conversations, I'll try to hold somebody's like eye gaze yeah, yeah. and try to, like, hey, I'm here with you. No, you I'm falling I mean? in love with you right now. Yeah, I know. bro. I've been in love with you. Yeah. Like, oh, like, you know? Yeah. So it's one of Five those minutes? things. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it, it's one of those things where I was like looking at the front audience. I looked back. I didn't see nothing, whatever. Like there's sometimes where I know like the joke's going nowhere or I'm thinking of something. So I'll look into like behind the audience mm-hmm. to try to fish for something. But nine times out of 10, I'm trying to make a connection with okay. somebody and try to make them feel like, oh shit, you, you're not just talking. You're here. Do you do crowd work or no? Bro, one of my best fucking, that is... for me at least, in my humble opinion, one of my best, which in Austin, it doesn't necessarily work the best because a lot of people are like, uh, make me laugh, say something funny. Yeah. They don't really do the crowd work. In Miami, it's a lot of like the drunk crowd yeah. and it's a lot of like, you know, good looking women and good looking men who always have attention on them. So sometimes it's like, make fun of me, make fun of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right? You know, like, right, you... You sitting in the front motherfucking row and you look like Vin Diesel, but you work at Walmart, nigga, I'm going to address you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to call <laughs> you out. I'm going to talk shit to you. And yeah, I'm going to see yeah, what's yeah. up with you. And you're going to like it, though, because you want that attention. So I'm sure you're, like, excited to be back and doing comedy here. Then. More, Bro, I'm so excited to, to come back and do comedy in, in, in Miami, but I'm more excited, which I didn't think I was, that I'm going to be hosting. So I wasn't even supposed to host the show tomorrow, but... My buddy was telling me, like, I don't know who the host is yet. Da, 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 da. And I was like, bro, are you paying? He said, yeah. I was like, fuck, I'll host it for you. I don't give a nice. fuck. Fuck my set. I don't give a fuck. I don't got to go up there with 10 minutes. Fuck that. I'll just bullshit with the crowd. I'll work on my crowd work, whatever. I'll yeah, throw yeah. a few jokes in that I can and, and, like, riff with it. But, like, in Miami, that shit works. The crowd work shit works. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think that's a big separator of me with a lot of comedians in Austin is that a lot of comedians in Austin just kind of go like, uh, here's my joke, blah, 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 joke. All right, and that was 30 seconds. And joke, and that was 30 seconds. Yeah. So they'll do like four, let's say like eight jokes in like three, four minutes. I'm not that guy. I'm like, I'm going to tell you about this story about the time the doctor put a finger in my ass. Okay. And I'm going to tell you about the morning, how I thought, you know, I'm just going to a regular doctor checkup. Yeah. It's motherfucking 10 in the morning on a Tuesday. I told the doctor, hey, you know, hey, I'm here because I have blood in my stool and I don't know what that's about. And the doctor was like, all right, no problem. I just need you to bend over there. We got to do a rectal exam. Oh, shit. I'm 29. <laughs> Fuck you mean rectal yeah. exam. I never heard these words in my life, man. I don't even watch anal porn because that shit makes me uncomfortable. You about to you t- <laughs> go put a finger in my ass? Doctor's like, hey, man, you know you go. So you try to play cool. All right, here I go. And like nobody prepares you for what's about to happen. And you go in there, doctor put his finger in your ass. Now my knees are clenching up, my thighs are clenching up. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm getting I'm getting molested right now. Like I don't yeah, even yeah. know how I feel about this. But like, that's my style of humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how I go about it. And it'll take me three to five minutes just to get you through this bit about me signing up for health insurance. Oh my God. Me getting a finger in the ass and me having to tell my wife about it. So it's not like a joke. Yeah, it's joke. not like a bang bang. Yeah, 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 it's not Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg, one of the greatest comedians I ever. I fucking love bro. Mitch. Be, a, be careful with artificial sweeteners because they give you fake cavities. I never forget that motherfucking Dude, joke. Dude, when it comes to Mitch, my favorite one of his, his comedy is so. It's so bland. Mm-hmm. It's so dry. Wait, it's that's so his fucking style, dry. Like my favorite one is like, I was in my apartment and he has like that voice. Yeah. And I put some music and I blasted it. And my neighbor starts banging on the on the wall. And I tell him, 
turn like go around <laughs> have you seen that one yes and, he's, and he continues to bang and i'm like go around he's like i got time i told him i don't know about you but on on this side there is no door so turn, go around like it's the stupidest but it makes sense shit all right there was this one joke that i wanted to share okay mind you there there are certain words that i don't like people saying on the show mm-hmm. i'm gonna break the rule mind you i am saying a joke I'm saying a joke, guys. It's all so, right, bro. Yeah. You're here. You're exactly. with a comic. Exactly. So just in case I don't want to offend anybody, this was a joke. And to me, this is one of the greatest jokes I've ever fucking heard. So I want to get Norm MacDonald. Mm. Go. So, so the people that know that don't know, this guy was basically, he was considered like a comics comic. Mm. Like he, was, he yep. wasn't like super popular. But people would say like your favorite comic, if you ask your favorite comic who their favorite comic is, most Norm. likely they'll say norm mcdonald yeah so he has this joke that mind you it's it's kind of long and stupid but i loved it i was like that is to me that is what comedy is so i don't know if you've seen it or heard of it like i keep seeing it now like it's popping up on tiktok or like instagram sometimes but so the joke goes oh so this new guy moves into my neighborhood and I go, I try to be a friendly neighbor and I try to go introduce myself. So he goes, he's like, hi, neighbor. My name's Norm. How's it going? He's like, oh, hi, blah, 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 all this stuff. And they're having a conversation and Norm asks him, so what do you do for a living? He's like, oh, so I'm actually a professor in, I'm a, press, I'm a professor at the School of Science and I teach, um, fuck, what was the fucking word? I teach, uh, School, it's something being like rational or something like that. Right. I'm like butchering the fucking joke. But oh, uh, I think it's like teacher probability and stuff like that. And he's like, teacher probability, what does that mean? He's like, well, you know, I can't really get into the science of it all, but I can show you. And it's the uh the professor probability type of thing. And he's like, Norm, let me ask you the simple question. Do you own a doghouse? And he's like, I do. So I can assume that you have a dog. He's like, yeah, I do. Do you, and because you have a dog, I can assume that you have children. He's like, yeah, I do. He's like, yeah. So I can assume that you have a wife. He's like, yeah, I do. (laughs) So he's like, so just by getting these, just by asking that you have a dog house, I can make an assumption that you're a hetero white male. And he's like, wow, yeah, that's awesome. Cool, cool. And he's like, yeah, that's basically what I do. So the next day, he runs into another neighbor. And he's like, hey, Norm, did you see we have a new neighbor? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I actually talked to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, what'd you find out? He's like, well, he's actually a professor at the School of Probability. He's like, School of Probability, what does that even mean? And he's like, well, you know, I can't really get into the science of it all. But let me ask you a question. <laughs> he's like, okay. He's like, do you have a doghouse? He's like, no. Well, then I can assume that you're a faggot. <laughs> Dude, I heard that shit and I it killed me. I was like, "What the fuck?" Because it, it goes so long, like it's a little bit he longer. Drags he, he drags you. you he drags you and, drags like, you and yeah. then he hits you. Yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah, I guess you assume you're." <laughs> oh my god, bro! Fuck, you see what I'm saying? Like that's fuck. You can't. And and like I hate to sound like a hater, bro. I hate to sound like a hater, but. Every time I see these comedians in Austin that just do these one jokes and one jokes, yeah. Every, every twenty seconds, they're riffing off another joke and another joke. I'm like, bro, 
I'm not saying you can't do that for 45 minutes. Because Mitch Hedberg can do it. Mm-hmm. He's a motherfucking headliner. He can do that shit for an hour. Yeah. Steve Wright, he can do that shit for an hour. Not everybody can. And traditionally, comedy is more like elongated jokes, callbacks, shit like yeah. that. Me personally, I like the storyteller. That's that's what I, I like relate them. to. I relate to that yeah. aspect. Mm. But that right there where they drag you along and then there's like a huge payoff at the end of it. Like, yes, that's my fucking style. Do you, do you think comedy. that's maybe like a an old school way of seeing comedy where now it's... Yeah, 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 for sure. Everyone... For sure. Look at our of, attention span, bro. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think this era of like new comedians, it's kind of like the Kill Tony aspect of it is like, I need to be as funny as possible in one minute. Yeah. I need yeah. the soundbite. I need the clip that is going to get me viral or something like that. I, I, I sometimes feel like I'm a little outdated for comedy in the sense that like I prefer the other style where it's like you're storytelling, mm-hmm. you're building up a thing. But if you get caught up in like, and I noticed it a lot early on in my in my starting out in Austin where I was like trying to adjust my material to fit them because yeah. I was like, I don't sound like these guys. So like, maybe I should sound like them. Mm-hmm. And I did that for, for a little bit. And then I was like, that's not me. Yeah. I'm not going to bet on this. I'm going to double down on who exactly, I am. Yeah. I'm going to double down on the storytelling and taking a little longer. And like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes my bits take three, five minutes to develop. But in those three to five minutes, I'm telling you shit. I'm building it up. Like the whole thing about me, like I swear to God, like a true story, me going to the doctor and he had to, like, I literally went to the doctor because I was like, yo, what's up? I'm shitting blood sometimes. That's good. This isn't normal. Yeah. What do I do? And when I told him that, he was like, yo, I need to do a rectal exam. Like, I need to see if there's anything there. And that was real. It was a doctor doing his job with the information I provided him. No. And the fact that you made a joke, like could find the humor in it. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier about the Sebastian Maniscalco, where I saw him and I watched him make fun of his grandfather dying on hospice. And I was like, my brain will never not do this joke. Bro, I'll tell you something exclusive, bro. This is a all fucking... right. Let, let's save it. Oh, this we is got about to break exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're going to take, take a little break and we're gonna, I want to hear this and then we got to wrap it up. Yeah. We'll... Ooh, all right. And we're back. Let's. Let's let's start right. wrapping it up a bit. I, I got we'll wrap it. it up. We'll wrap it up with this. So yeah, I go on Kill Tony. Wasn't the greatest set. You can look at episode six twenty one. I'm the second comic of the night. Go look if it up, don't, guys. <laughs> don't look it up, guys. <laughs> you can go on my uh, website cbassmatar.com and you can send me some hate mail. I had a dude the other day. Remember I told you I did a podcast that I wasn't like fond of. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a finance podcast, and this guy. I was looking, he said he was paying 40 bucks for the podcast. I ended up going on, I played myself, long story short, it was a finance podcast and the guy shit all over my story about like, he's like, what? You don't have $10,000 million in your account God damn. to retire? What you're the- a fucking idiot. And you're trying to be a comedian. And I remember me getting upset with him and being like, yo, I'm going to chase my dream. Fuck you, bro. And somebody <laughs> wrote literally to me today. This happened in January okay. of this year. They wrote to me today and were like, hey, are you still poor? And their email address, they went on my website and they wrote to me and they sent like the contact info and they put like your bad with money at yahoo.com. So I wrote back to them and I'm like, hey, I appreciate you keeping up with my story and following with the podcast and keep and like going out of your way to message me about this. 
Um, never been poor, uh, but thank you for the concern. And as soon as I hit send, I got an email from Google saying like this user is unknown or whatever. So it was a made up email address. God, like, no. Fuck me, yeah. you know? So anyways, I do kill Tony, not going well, whatever. Um, and now we'll go to the bit this real shit exclusive bathroom break exclusive let's go um i'm getting ready to drive to miami friday night right uh saturday sorry saturday morning i don't remember what day number it was but today is what is it the 27 27 so it was the uh 22nd 23rd 23rd yeah because 23rd we started driving 24th we got to miami so the 23rd in the morning is four in the morning in austin which is five in the morning in miami uh, me and my wife are going back and forth. We're loading up the car. All right, we got to take this. All right, boom. And we have like a little garage where the apartments we live in. And uh, we go up, go back down, load the shit up. Go up, go back down, load the shit up. And like when we're like on the final bags, we go back down. And as we go back down, my wife opens up the trunk. And when she opens up the trunk, she's like just frozen. And I'm like, fuck, there's like a wasp in the car or something, right? And And she's like, there's a person in our car. And I was like, mind you, I smoked right before this. Like I woke up at four in the morning, you know, pissed, brushed my face, whatever. And I took a bong rip and I was like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to be able to smoke till I'm in Miami. And that whole process, we're going up and down, up and down. And she goes, there's a guy in our car. I'm sitting right in front of her. She tells me there's a person in our fucking car. And I'm like, stop. And I look and I don't see nothing. And my girl goes, get out. As soon as she says that, I see the guy's face turn around. And now I'm out. And I'm like, there's a fucking person. Bro, I swear to God, I'm getting chills right now talking about what it. The there's a fucking person fuck? in our car. And I'm like, get the fuck out of the car. Get the fuck out. And she's yelling and I'm yelling. And the fucking guy like freaks out. And he starts coming out. And he's like, hey, this is my stuff. This is my stuff. He starts saying, you ever seen Shit's Creek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you know rolling shit? Yeah. This motherfucker looked just like him, bro. I swear to motherfucking on my dead father, this motherfucker looked like rolling shit. Because the whole time, so I, I'm, I'm like, I'm not a fighter, bro. I'm a comedian. I don't fight. I'm not Joe Rogan. I don't know how to box. It's my biggest flaw, bro. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do right now. And all I'm worried about is my wife. And like, I got to try to pretend that I can protect her. Oh my God, dude. So my wife's yelling, I'm yelling at him. And he's like, coming out. He's like, hey, 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 this is my stuff. This guy was high off his ass. I don't know what he was on, but he was high. He had a joint in his mouth ready to smoke. Like he thought we were never going to come back down to the car and he was just going to get what he wanted. So I'm like tussling with him. And when he sees me reach for my phone, I'm like 99% sure he thought I had a gun. Yeah. Because his body language said, oh shit. And the minute I read that, I went, this guy's not. This guy's not going to hurt us. This guy's not. This guy's not a fucking criminal. There's a homeless dude who just happened to go car hopping and ours was open. In the fucking six minutes, we happened to unload and go back up for the next load. We got caught up talking and what's going to be our next move. Oh, grab the dog after we do this. And, blah, 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 blah. and we went down and the guy literally dog never once did I feel like he was going to hurt me. Never once did I feel like he was going to have a gun, a knife punch. None, none of them. Yeah. But my initial instincts come in. So as soon as I see that he freaks out, when I pull my phone out, I'm like, Oh, this guy thinks I have a gun on me. 
So I call 911 and I'm on the phone. I'm like, I'm getting robbed. I'm getting robbed by a white male. <laughs> oh my God. The cops like, white? Get the fuck out of here. Like, hello? <laughs> hello? Call the non-emergency yeah, asshole. Yeah. 311, motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm getting robbed. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. What's your address? What's your address? And I'm like, then I process like, oh shit, 4900, this is the apartment name. He's, old. He's like six feet tall. He's probably like 200 pounds. Like I'm trying to give the details as soon as I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, processing it. And I'm like, he's got my debit card in his hand right now. And the guy's yelling like, this is mine. This is mine. And I look at it and I was like giving him the benefit of the fucking doubt. I look at it and I was like, it was Sebastian Matar. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking me, bitch. And he has a bag of pennies and shit. What the fuck? Bro, I'm telling you, this was the best person to get robbed by. We had my laptop, my wife's laptop, my work laptop, my headphones in one bag. Aside from that, we had at least six other bags with clothes, with gifts. We had Christmas gifts in the back. Bro, this motherfucker went to the center council. We had a Ziploc bag. He grabbed the whole center council thing and he poured it into the Ziploc bag. $2 bill. My wife's cross, our pennies, our gift cards, expired fucking uh, free appetizers to a local restaurant. Bro. The whole nine, this dumb motherfucker. And I, let me not curse at him because honestly, the minute it happened, the minute he ran away, there was, there was no nothing. There was nothing. We called the cops and the cops were supposed to get there. And it, we were waiting for like 40 minutes and we're like, hey, listen, we got to get on a road trip. This guy was not going to hurt us. Yeah. The minute it all ended, my girl was like, I feel so bad. And I was like, what the fuck you mean you feel so bad? She's like, dude, he wasn't going to hurt us. And I was like, I get you. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And your heart's in a good place. But fuck that guy. Yeah, he was for real. robbing our shit. And I, didn't I don't own a gun until, as of now, I don't own a gun. But mm. I guarantee you I'm going to fucking own a gun when I yeah. get back to Texas. And this fucking guy... And I remember in the midst of this, me and this guy like tussling, looking at him and being like, that is rolling shit. I am getting robbed by fucking rolling shit. <laughs> the comedian you was Bro, like, that was my first yeah. thought. That was the first thought I had before I even grabbed my phone and called the cops and thought this guy thought I had a gun. The first thought was I'm getting robbed by rolling shit. Oh my God. And like, that's how my fucking brain works bro like that's how bro, my my fucking parent-in-law they think they don't know the this story because we don't want to freak them out yeah because their daughter is fucking four or five states away and they don't want to be like a homeless man just got into your car i mean granted dog the world spins in a funny manner and the universe always works for people i don't know what he needed that he got from us I don't know what we needed that we got from him, but I'm just happy that nothing ever happened. We didn't lose no, any yeah, of our shit. Real. No one got hurt. No one got shot. I mean, fuck, I don't even know who that guy is. You know what I mean? And he was more scared of us than we were of him. But like, dog, that scared the fuck out of me. And even then, I was still thinking with a fucking comedy brain. And that is the beauty of it all, bro. God, the motherfucking That is the beauty of it all Seabass thank you so much for coming no on, bro, bro I this, appreciate you thank you dog thank this, you bro I no, needed this no I'm glad bro I'm glad I needed you... to end my 2023 like this bro 1000% yeah, this was the best way to end my fucking year 
I love I'm it, so bro. fucking blessed that you allowed me to come here. Allow no, me of into course, your crib. Dude. Allow me to fucking talk my shit. And uh, bro, I'm 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 just grateful for you, bro. Thank no, you, man. Thank I appreciate you, bro. You, dog. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Cbassmatar.com. That is C B A S, like Kill Tony said. Uh, can bomb any set. <laughs> Matar M A T T A R dot com. Instagram, X, Twitter, Threads, Facebook, whatever the fuck you want, bro. YouTube, look me up. I'm there, man. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, bro, and 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 thank you, bro. I'm I'm very very fucking grateful, very blessed that you were able to allow me to come on here. No, of course, bro. This shit, bro. Anyway, anytime you want to come on, bro. Anytime you're in Miami, let me know. I'll dude. let you know, dog. Because I feel like we just scratched the surface. I feel like we could have. Yeah, we could have gone six we hours. No yeah. question. We we could have kept going, but it's about to be ten. Like yeah, yeah, we, it's about we, that we gotta, time. It's bro. about that time. I know I'm gonna get pop out when this ends. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Thank you so much, bro. Nah, bro, I appreciate you, man. It's been Bathroom Break. Peace.